Welcome back to Movie Hello, Brothers, everybody. everybody. Wow. This is going to be a very fun episode because we've been excited about it for months, literal months. I know Justin is singing theme songs the entire time I'm trying to get ready to start this episode. Yes, it, it, it's true. It's true. Um, but while we get into it, how, what, what, uh, what beer episode are you drinking are we today? Well, we're going to yeah, get into that a little bit. Um, <laughs> what episode are you drinking today? <laughs> All right. I expected this one to be a very difficult episode to find a beer that could fit, right? Yeah, for a mere mortal it may be, but... <laughs> it really wasn't that difficult, actually. I found one that was like, well, that's kind of perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am drinking a beer. It's a hazy IPA from a place called Clown Shoes. Okay. And it's called Rainbows Are Real. <laughs> you got that rainbow connection going on. Huh? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it is a very Muppet themed episode, I found probably the best beer you could possibly yeah, find. Unless this is literally face is on there, it's like <laughs> it's not that good, but it's pretty close. Uh, this has been sitting in my fridge for months because I knew we would do a Muppet episode. And I didn't want to go out of stock when I needed it most. So I yeah. had bought it and then held on to it for this episode specifically. It's from Horse and Dragon Brewing Company in Fort Collins here. Uh, it's a Hefeweizen and it's called Electric Mayhem. <laughs> How perfect is that? All right. I stand, I, I stand corrected. That is amazing. <laughs> oh, I know. Bravo, when Horse and Dragon. Store, Once yeah. again, you proved to be amazing. Oh. <sighs> It is very good. It's a very good Hefeweizen, and yeah, just Electric Mayhem is that the is best. fucking fantastic. Dr. Teeth's Electric Mayhem. You know, Muppets are kind of a family-friendly thing. This might I might have to try to... Tone it down? Like PG, at least. All right. Kind of like the Muppets did. You're Post, limited to like uh, Muppets one... from space. One fuck bomb. <laughs> There's two. <laughs> Shit, we're off to a bad start. Ah, oh, fuck! Ah, yeah. oh, fuck! <laughs> All right. Well, we let's joke, move right we along. We joke. We joke. <laughs> um, let's check in on our movie draft before we get into the actual episode. All right. So this might be the first time that I've kind of been like, I really want to text Jake to ask him how the draft is going. <laughs> Primarily because eighty for Brady came out. Yes. And I'm did. just curious to know if it made any money. Yeah, people seem to like it. No um, shit. <laughs> 80 for Brady, it's uh, made a 20 million almost so far. And the audience like it a lot more than the critics, obviously. It is a movie okay. for the people. Yeah. So that's good for you, I suppose. Oh my it's competing God. against Cabin in the Woods, but also uh, kind of on the same level. It's not competing against Cabin in the Woods. I, I'm sorry, knock at the cabin. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, it absolutely is. Oh, yes, I misspoke. Cabin in the Woods came out a long time ago. Knock at the cabin came out the same day, and it has about the same rating and about the same box office. So. <laughs> right. Wow. Slow weekend for, Brady, for the box office. 80 for Brady did an interesting thing where they got uh, theaters to cut ticket prices so that all ticket prices are matinee price. And so even if you see it in like an expensive format or, or whatever, it's all matinee. 
um, which I thought was interesting. And it's interesting to see if it works out for them or not. Right. Huh. All right. Um, what is not working out is the fact that Alice Darling is going to be the death of me. <laughs> it was at like a six point something, 6.4 last time. It's a drop to a 5.5 now with 2000 some ratings on IMDb. Still only made about 100,000, 110,000 at the box office. And uh, critics, uh, audiences hate it. They much like it much less than critics. And so it's wow. at a negative 43% uh, in our Rotten Tomatoes Delta. Wow. So, yeah, so not going great overall. Okay. I'm negative in the uh, Rotten Tomatoes Delta. You have 17%. And then rating is relatively close with a half a point. Mm -hmm. um, or just over half a point. So yeah, it's 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 a bumpy ride, I would say, so far. <laughs> and you are getting that box office, so you're catching up uh, with those releases. And you have Ant-Man coming up in a couple of weeks, yep. which I think will will shoot past me there, because I don't have anything else significant until Hey, don't sell March. yourself short. You have Magic Mike this weekend. <laughs> I sure do. It came out today. It's out of 5.9 on IMDb. Um so yeah, we'll see. It is Valentine's Day weekend, so all of the lonely people are going to go see Magic Mike or Titanic. Those are your options. Oh yeah, I, I have actually seen like I was scrolling. Uh, I think it was Facebook, and it was like twenty mm -hmm. fifth anniversary Titanic returns to the big screen, and I was like, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> here we go. It's completely redone in four K and. 120 frames or something. I don't know. So yeah, that's where it is. Uh, so far, 80 for Brady is not killing you, which I cannot believe. But well, you also said Megan would suck, so yep. you don't really know anything about yeah, it. Hey, I fully <laughs> agree. <laughs> I, I have no argument, sir. No argument at all. Yeah. Well, that's uh, interesting. Okay. I was wondering how it was doing. Yeah, I can't believe yeah, people are going and watching it. <laughs> I mean, thank you. Uh, but, but yeah, wow. Have you watched anything new? Have you gone and seen any movies? I have not gone to the theater. I meant to okay. go see Knock at the Cabin opening weekend, but mm -hmm. I had my kid, and she has zero. Actually, <laughs> let me rephrase that. If she had zero interest in seeing it, that would be an improvement. Of yeah. how much she would like to go and watch that movie. She has negative interest. In wow! It. Like, <laughs> uh, so my goal why. is to see it this weekend. Uh, while all the the sad people are going and watching Magic Mike, I'm going to go mm -hmm. watch an apocalypse movie because that seems okay. right. Yeah, um, but I did watch a bunch of stuff. Okay. Um, I'll try and do this quick ish <laughs> um i finally watched it's not new but it was mm -hmm. new for me i finally watched the lost city uh sandra bullock yeah but, Chain Tatum. that was fun that was cute it was exactly what i thought it was going to be and i mm -hmm. enjoyed it yeah yeah we've watched it a bunch we saw it in the theater and then we watched it a bunch when we, since it's been out because yeah. it's just like a fun easy it's movie to a throw fun on movie it's a fun yeah. movie I totally get why it was so popular and why it did mm -hmm. so well. Cause it was like, yeah. Um, and then I watched, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Okay. That was an interesting take on Pinocchio. 
The stop mm-hmm. motion is really good. Um, it's an interesting take. I enjoyed it. I think it has a little more meat to the story than the Disney version does. So I would okay. kind of actually it, recommend watching his just because of God. Yeah. Uh, I watched <clears throat> The Wonder. It's on Netflix. It's a Florence Pugh new one. Never heard of it. It's weird. Okay. Um, I like Florence Pugh, obviously. She does a great job. She plays this nurse in the... Shit, I can't remember what year it is. <laughs> oh, it's like old and time. Yeah, it, like it's, a, it's a period 1700s. film. Yeah. Um, she plays this nurse that gets uh, hired to go and observe this young 14-year-old girl, if I remember right, okay. who has not eaten anything for like three months. And so the movie is trying to figure out is the girl and her family faking this or is it something divine? It's an interesting movie. Uh, And then I watched Troll on Netflix. Texas froze over. Okay. There was like, you couldn't (laughs) do shit. It was frozen. Uh Texas shut down. So I had nothing else to do but watch a bunch of movies. Troll was very enjoyable. Jake, I know you like Troll Hunter. Yeah. You would enjoy troll. Okay. It's Norwegian. It's about an ancient troll that gets woken up. And mm. that's pretty much the, the movie. Uh, <laughs> it was fun. It's I enjoyed it. Netflix looks like. Yeah. And then nice. I tried to watch You People, that new Jonah yeah. Hill movie. And Eddie, uh, I almost said Eddie Griffin, and that's not right no, at all. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, thank you. Um, I barely made it like 40 minutes into it and turned it off because oh. it just wasn't funny. It was annoying. <laughs> it mm. just, I, is it supposed to be funny? Like it's trying to be funny. Yes. It's supposed okay. to be a, like Jonah Hill style one liner competition mm. between him and literally every character in the movie. <laughs> so no one okay. has real dialogue. It's just, who can one up each other for two mm-hmm. hours? Um, I only made it 40 minutes, but I was told that they continue that. And <laughs> it tries to like uh, be relevant and social. So it addresses racism and tries mm-hmm. to like put racism in its place or whatnot. Mm-hmm. It just comes off very, I, I fucking hated <laughs> it. So I turned it off. Cause I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, you know what? Ain't nobody Maybe got time for I that. I don't have to finish a movie that I'm not paying to watch on a stream site. <laughs> yeah. So, right. And then I did watch another new one, but I don't know if I want to tell you right now or if I need to save that one for after. <laughs> well, that's the only thing that I watched, so I was about to bring it up. Okay. <laughs> and to see if you did your homework from last episode, because you promised. I did. That you would watch 13 going on 30. And so you're saying that you did. And I did. I watched 13 going on 30. And did you love it? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Okay. I'm offended already. I know. (laughs) Jake, I wouldn't say that I loved the movie. I would. I loved it. It is adorable it is very fun it is cute i can't say i loved it 
but I did not hate it. Although okay. something. She's Although kind what? of a bitch at the beginning. Well, yeah. Like sure she's is. kind of she, I I felt no that's remorse. That's the whole point. Like the she, point is that she learns her lesson true. over the course of this trial. In, in which case in. they do a good job cuz I was like as someone yeah. who has been a Matt before yeah. uh yeah, I was like, she's a bitch, Matt. Yeah. Get the no, fuck out of there. What are you doing? She's a mega bitch. She's, he's supposed to be her best friend, but she's still a mega bitch to him because she wants to be cool. Yeah. And uh, he has a crush on her and she doesn't know. Yeah. And so, yeah. But it works out in the end. It's a happy ending. Yeah, I, I didn't hate it. It made me <laughs> okay. laugh. I think Jennifer Garner <clears throat> does a fantastic job. Mm-hmm portraying this like 13 year old mindset in a 30 year old body. So I did the homework. I enjoyed the movie. I can't say I loved it, but I enjoyed the movie. I guess that's enough to ask for. So shouldn't you be happy that at least I watched it and I am, I enjoyed it still. I am. Did you watch it before or after I passive aggressively sent you the movie when you asked for a couple of the months? No, I, so honestly, I was trying to find it, and I was like, fuck, I can't find it. <laughs> and Well, I found it on Prime, but you had to pay mm. for it. And so mm. I meant to include it, and hey, could you send me these other couple movies? Mm. And then I forgot to include it. Uh-huh. And then you sent it, and I was like, oh, Don't sweet. worry, I didn't forget. You did it. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't I was... mention it at all. And then you didn't mention it when I had sent it. I was like... I don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> no, but I do have a funny little tidbit about that, Jake. Okay. Um, so when you sent it to me, mm-hmm. sat down, hit play. I was like, all right, 13 going on 30. The opening song's coming up. The titles <laughs> are going. I'm like, all right, this is this is a very cutesy, girly film. <laughs> yeah. And then they started speaking French. Oh, no. And I was like... Am I missing something here? <laughs> I'm watching it. And I'm like, I made it through the whole school photo scene, and then they're talking <laughs> in the hallway, and I'm like, no, I'm not uh-huh. missing anything except the English version, <laughs> except the vi- ability to understand it. And there's like, there's that. not even su- English subtitles for uh-huh. me to follow. I'm like, all right, <laughs> Prime. I guess we're going to that. So. Oh no, I I think it has multiple audio tracks, but maybe not. That's my bad. Well, oh well. I I got like five minutes into the French version. <laughs> That's a long time. Well, what threw wait. me off was like the song that plays at the beginning, English. The the credits, the credits, everything yeah. was English except the dialogue. <laughs> I was like, this is, <laughs> and I told my brain was like this is part of the movie. Like it's gonna, (laughs) it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. What'd you watch Jake? Um, I watched the menu, which is, I believe you've seen. And I liked a lot. I think that, I was really into it. Like as soon as it kind of started, I I was like, this is fascinating. You would enjoy it. Cause I was like, it's weird. And I mm-hmm. think it's the kind of weird that you're going to be into. 
Yeah. I was trying to think of like how I would describe it to other people. I try not to, honestly. I think that, yeah, I think it's best if you don't have expectations of it. But I think if you're a fan of a movie like The Hunt, you would be a fan of this. Not that they're the same movie, but they have similar like, I guess structures and themes and things. So it it was really fun. I really enjoyed the menu. Um, And then I watched, I watched the first three episodes of shrinking on Apple plus or whatever with Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Yeah. And it's good. It's real good. Um, It's fun. Not like super funny, but pretty funny. (laughs) And, and, I don't know, just well made. I really enjoy it. And I really enjoy them. And seeing Harrison Ford in like a a show like this where yeah. he's not just like a I mean he's an angry old man, but I don't know, he has more depth to it. And I think he's really good. He might be my favorite character. So All right. That's really good. And then I of course did my homework and I watched the Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds, which I had never seen. And <laughs> it, it reminded me of that scene in Jurassic Park where Jeff Goldblum is standing there and he goes, that is one big pilot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that it it would it would make more sense to me if it came out in like 2003 before yeah. Batman Begins, before Dark Knight and all of this stuff had like changed superhero movies. It came out in 2011, <laughs> the same year as like Captain America and Thor. And I'm like, this is, this is not where we are today. <laughs> Does it? Like, so I always say was... this about it, where it feels like the whole movie was done in just like single takes. Yeah, I could certainly <laughs> see that. I could definitely see that. Um, I did enjoy. I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know that it was the movie where Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively met. Yeah and became friends and started a relationship like a year later. So seeing them in it together and knowing that they're like the cutest couple on the planet, that was pretty fun. I enjoyed that part of it. And I also liked, I think it was like well-written, like the actual Green Lantern story and seeing a CG, like comic book accurate Sinestro was interesting. I've never obviously seen that in a movie before. So it was kind of eerie and cool to see that in real life. But the the rest of it, everything about the the effects and the pacing and the directing, there's like there's pieces of it. I feel like you could take the same movie and just direct it and edit it differently, and it would be a good movie. Like right. the story is good, the performances are decent enough, but the, yeah, just the editing and directing and CG are just like a little bit of polishing, and it could be there. Yeah, but it was like also, I think it might be the first post Nolan Batman comic book movies where DC started teasing like mm. upcoming things and then going nowhere with it. <laughs> yeah. The beginning of the unraveling of Warner brothers. <laughs> yeah. I told you, I could definitely but like that. it's a weird movie cause you don't actually hate it. You just know mm. it's so bad. Yeah. But you also know that, if it's ever on that when mm-hmm. you just happen to be like flipping through or you're like, I can't pick something and you're like, Oh, green lantern. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Yeah. It's not so bad that you have to turn it off. It's just like a, so bad that I can't believe they made this <laughs> and, and people shouldn't be trying to make this, but 
it's it's not terrible. And that's mostly because Ryan Reynolds is so likable <laughs> that you'll just watch whatever. Yeah. Oh, I told you. But yeah, that that was fun. Um, I did. I almost <laughs> forgot. I did watch the first three episodes of The Last of Us. Yeah. Dude, that first episode. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially the, like the first half of the first episode is just like I am into this. <laughs> yeah, the whole time I was like, "This is amazing." And then I'm watching mm-hmm. like the third episode, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Man, I really have to go to the bathroom." But the episode's <laughs> got to be coming to an end. They feel long, but I was like, "It's mm-hmm. got to be getting close." And I was like, "All right, I have, like I can't hold it. I'm gonna go." Mm-hmm. I hit pause, and I was like, "Oh, well, that's why they feel long." Because they're each an hour and a half long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the second one's not that long, but the first one definitely is. Yeah. And I, yeah, I didn't remember how long the third one was. Yeah. I just watched the fourth one and it is also great. So, yeah. They're they, doing great things. Didn't already. they release the fifth episode too? Uh, they were doing it before the Super Bowl, but I don't know when before oh. the Super Bowl. So maybe. Because that's on my like to do list this weekend is watch the next couple episodes. Because, yeah. Wow. It really yeah. is that good so far. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I think that everybody, the hype is real on that show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So moving right along to the real episode. Not going to spend 50 minutes talking about shit this time, only 20. Uh, we have been talking about a Muppet episode forever because we're massive yeah. Muppet fans. Muppet I feel like heads. we've been. Kind of, I'm shocked we didn't do this episode a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we've been talking about this episode for a long time. Yeah, yeah, and we've been fans forever since we were kids. We've shared that joy. We went and saw the Muppets, the 2011 Muppets together, and that's one of the more memorable movies that we've seen together. Yep. Uh, so yeah, this is just going to be a sheer joyful <laughs> it's just, it's episode. Just... <laughs> Folks, this is a feel-good episode of Movie Boners. We promise. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I have nothing bad to say about any of these things. Oh, man, the Muppets. Um, so, where do you want to start? I think we're going to... So, we're going to talk about the eight theatrical Muppet movies. We did yeah. narrow it down. Wait. Not talking about the Wait. shows. Not talking about the made-for-TV movies. Right. Or we we had like. to, like, put a little constraint because it turns out trying to watch all of the Muppet content Mm -hmm. would almost be more difficult to pull off than watching like all of Jim Carrey's movies or (laughs) all of yeah all of the James Bonds or like the Muppets is just they're everywhere yeah Um, so we did narrow it down to the eight theatrical releases I feel like I mean we might as well start with the first movie that's a good place to start start at the beginning i mean naturally i feel like go in an order but at the same time i there's only two that are chronological yeah um yeah i think that makes the most sense but Um, honestly i don't care what order we go in i fuck it it's the muppets i just but we should start with that first one okay um yeah and since they were like cornerstone of our childhood and a thing that we've been a fan of for ages i did want to ask you off the top who is your favorite muppet oh, character 
Do you have one? Dude, I struggle (laughs) with this constantly. Okay. um, Because I genuinely love the crew. Yeah. Um, And they're great together. And they're so good together. Um, Obviously, with like really any kind of ensemble team characters i'm always drawn more to the leaders so i guess kermit will probably just by default be the the one but Mm -hmm. it's always been like gonzo is amazing (laughs) yeah i love fozzy because he's so like cringy and fun (laughs) and he totally just leans into it yeah but animal is like mm-hmm. every young boy wants to be animal. <laughs> yeah. I love Dr. Teeth. Love Dr. Teeth. <laughs> I just do. It's so hard for me. And then <laughs> I fucking love them all. But I think honestly, it really comes down to Kermit is just like his demeanor constantly mm. is the kind of demeanor that I think leadership calls for so you always aspire to have that kind of demeanor Um, yeah and i love and he's like wrangling all of these maniacs yeah he's constantly like the go-to guy Mm -hmm. um while being super silly at the same time Mm -hmm. but and they all trust him and they they just like hold him in esteem was like kermit what should we do because he's the boss he knows what's up it if I really had to, I think it changes almost every time I watch the movies, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. As a kid, it was like Animal and Gonzo. And then uh, the older I got, it was like Fozzie and Kermit. And then it was Kermit. And then Kermit. And then Kermit. And then it was like, oh, but Dr. Teeth has the electric mayhem and this is awesome. <laughs> and then there's Rolf, who's just always so like, he gets on the piano and it's, all right, I feel better. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I can't pick one. Rolf's I, underrated, I think. I can't pick one. <laughs> okay. That's funny. That's pretty much exactly what I did when I tried to think of it because Gonzo was my favorite as a kid and he still is way up there. I just, I love how he's not an identifiable animal. He's, he's just a whatever. They literally identify him as whatever. Yeah. He's just a whatever. And that always makes me laugh. All those jokes always make me laugh. Um, but it is hard to pick just one. I would say that I always I love Statler and Waldorf. Every yeah. scene that they're in are my favorite. Uh, mostly their jokes. I love their jokes and their delivery of those jokes. Um, Sweetums, the giant dude with the legs. Yeah. He's just from like a Muppet costume perspective, and he's fun. Um, and then Swedish Chef for just a silly voice. I love, I love the herd of Beaker. Yeah. Beaker is amazing. Yeah. And Benson, Honeydew, Beaker, <laughs> they're the best. Like just them as a team and like their slapstick comedy. Uh, they're the best. He's not part of the original lineup, but for a newer character, he's probably the best newer character, at least for me, but Pepe, the King yeah. Kong is. Yeah. He's a good, he's really good. <laughs> I would say I think Miss Piggy is my least favorite character because she's so like she's always kind she's, of she's bratty very and manipulative. Vain. Yeah. And yeah, selfish, I guess, where the rest of the crew is very they flow well, but she is very Kermit, I need to run out. So, see, so like she drove me nuts as a kid. 
She doesn't drive me nuts anymore, though, because I'm like, her personality is, at, mm-hmm. to me, actually a pretty good uh, counter to the rest yeah. of them because they're all so invested <laughs> in the silliness and ridiculousness that, like, I mean, she is, too. She's she's a pig yeah. <laughs> who's, like, a fashion I lady at, or fashionista, yeah. <laughs> like... So I, I think the jokes are all that. I I don't hate I her. think it works better in some movies than others. Yeah. I, there are times when I am more annoyed by her and times when she's totally fine. But I think in general, Gonzo and the Chicken is a better love story than Piggy and Kermit. Gonzo and the Chicken? Hot take. It's Hot like, take. even when I was a kid, Gonzo and the Chicken was always like, this is weird. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm here for it, but it is weird, right? Like, I get he's whatever. There's nothing mm-hmm. to identify species or gender or anything, but um, mm-hmm. it's a chicken. <laughs> yeah, but we live on Earth where bestiality is a thing that people are generally frowned upon. <laughs> But it's still funny. Okay. So starting in 1979 with the Muppet movie comes out hot on the heels of the Muppet show, which is, Mm. I didn't know this because I wasn't alive in 1979. I came to the Muppets pretty late when there were three movies and I was like, this is the best. And I watched all three movies all the time. Um, But apparently in 1979, the Muppet show was in its third season, I think. And it was like the biggest show in the world. Like ev- they were the most popular TV show in the world, 235 million viewers in 102 countries. So the Muppet show was massive when the Muppet movie came out. Oh yeah. And, uh, and it re- is reflected in the box office. It's, it's, I think the largest box office, if you adjust for inflation, mm-hmm of all of them like people yeah. were psyched out of their minds to see the muppets well i remember obviously you and i didn't didn't watch the original muppets movie when it came out because yeah we weren't <laughs> made um create <laughs> alive <laughs> uh but i do remember when my dad introduced me to the muppets now this was early 90s so you couldn't go and rent or rewatch mm-hmm. like a lot of the classic episodes tv land hadn't quite become a thing yet kids that was a yeah. channel in like the late <laughs> 90s early 2000s so a channel was like <laughs> a, a, oh yeah a, a channel was on tv you had to flip <laughs> through you couldn't decide what you wanted to watch. They just played stuff, and whatever was on is what you watched. Pretty much. And you couldn't fast forward. You couldn't rewind. If you missed it, you missed it. <laughs> I'll enjoy these jokes that we do, but honestly, if I look at our metrics, like 65% of our audience is younger than us. So this is helpful information. See, for that. we're being kind. We are, yeah. <laughs> we are educating the 65% of you out there. The kids. Um, <laughs> These kids. So I remember my dad telling me about the Muppet show and telling me like how popular it was and people, families, friends, like really there was no real age demographic. It was kind of like Saturday Night Live where it was like this was a thing every yeah. week where you would have house parties to come over and watch the Muppets. 
Like mm-hmm. this was what you did. And I remember watching that first movie and pretty much right out of the gate, just being like, this feels special, you know, and you're a little kid. So that whole upper that opening shot of going through the clouds with like the, you know, or the theater mm-hmm. and you're like, what is going on? And then the movie starts mm-hmm. every time I watch this movie and I watch it a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> because I fucking love the <laughs> I know it gets poked fun at a lot. And honestly, I never understand why mm-hmm. because it's genuinely a good song. But every time Kermit start strumming that banjo with rainbow yeah. connection during that opening shot into the swamp. Every time I'm like, this is magical. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And just to see, I don't know, just to see how they shoot it. And, and I don't know if you get the same effect if you haven't seen the Muppet show, but the Muppet show is very like confined and, yep. and it, it was very groundbreaking in how they used, the camera and the puppets and all that oh, stuff yeah. but to take it into the movie world and to take the muppets outside of a studio and into the real world into a swamp into a park all these places and to see them in the movies is just it takes your suspension of disbelief and just throws it away like you don't even have to worry about right. the fact that they're not real creatures because they seem real there's they do so many more like camera tricks and effects and I think people would assume when you see Kermit the Frog bicycling and you see his little legs and everything, you don't think it's a puppet. I, you prob, kids today probably think that it's someone with like a green suit on and they green screen right. the hell and out of it. And it just, wasn't. Like no. trying to get him to ride the bicycle was one of the hardest shots to get for that whole first movie because yeah. they had to create and build the mechanism <laughs> to pedal the bicycle. Yeah, and use yeah, use wires and all these things. It's so creative. And I enjoy as I get older thinking about like there's a man under there with his arm up inside of him moving him and where's the man? Like I can't find the man. I don't know how you're doing this. It's still it's like a magician. I still don't understand how you're <laughs> able to do this and it's amazing. And so yeah, seeing Kermit in the swamp singing Rainbow yeah. Connection is the same exact thing where it's just beautiful and it sucks you in and immediately you're like that's a person that's a frog his name is kermit (laughs) and and he just interacts with human beings like normal like this is a normal thing it's one of my favorite things about the whole muppets franchise as a whole is with that establishing shot in the swamp Mm -hmm. in the real world like you said you're you're disbelief or whatever you're taking from the the Muppet studio into the real world, but that real world, the Muppets are a natural thing in that Mm -hmm. like no one bats an eye, (laughs) you know, the most is like Doc Hopper wanting to get Kermit to be the face of his franchise. Yeah. But that's just because he's a frog, not because he's a puppet. (laughs) Right. He's a talking anthropomorphic frog. But I just, I love I love how they chose that and, and they still stay very meta. I think the meta yeah. humor of the Muppets is perfectly done. 
it's my favorite part about it. Like ever since I didn't even know what meta was when I was a kid, but I thought it was incredible when they would break the fourth wall, they would talk to the audience. They would talk about the fact that they're in a movie and they're like, if we do this, the movie is not going to work or it's going to go too <laughs> they long. They got to stop the, the production and be like, we got to read the script real quick. <laughs> yeah. So that's always been my favorite part. I love the meta jokes. It, they're perfect. They're man. The first movie. <laughs> and all the jokes are so good. I I just remember losing my mind laughing when I finally got the fork in the road joke. Like I I saw the movie when I didn't know fork in the road was an expression. <laughs> right. I was like, there's a fork in the road, and then there's a literal fork in the roads. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. And then somebody like in real life talked about a fork in the road. I was like, whoa, that's a thing. I, or have you just seen the Muppets? Because that's where I learned it from. <laughs> I've always loved, like, my dad and I will just, well, my dad primarily will just randomly want to talk in, if anything, that can connect to that Muppets, that first Muppets movie, my dad, <laughs> without fail, will be like, bare left, right, frog? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Yeah, it does me as well. It's so smart. Like the jokes are so smart. I think that's why it works for everybody, not just for kids, even though they're G-rated movies. It's the jokes are so smart that a lot of it goes over kids' heads just because they're quick. They're so fast and so clever, but they also stand the test of time because of that. Like they'll always be funny. I've always felt I... I... I've had this recurring thought over the last couple of years, especially when like I, I watch movies with my daughter or talk to people that are like a decade younger than me. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I'll mention like old actors or older movies and all of them look at me with just this like blank stare of, I have no idea who you're talking about. I have no idea what this reference is. Mm -hmm. And then prepping for the this episode, I'm I'm rewatching that original Muppets movie, and the cameos are showing up, the jokes are coming up, mm -hmm. and I was like, man, I feel kind of I I, I can't pinpoint the word, uh, kind of special, mm -hmm. because even at that age, thanks to the Muppet movie. I mm -hmm. got the jokes, like most of them. Like you said, there's a lot to go over your head, but I knew who the people were. I yeah. got why their cameo was silly. I got the joke of them <laughs> just showing up in this movie. Like I knew who these people were. Yeah. And it kind of helped me like be, I guess, more open to watching the older movies, like with my dad, mm -hmm. watching old Steve Martin movies or even knowing who Richard Pryor was and watching yeah. like see no evil, hear no evil with Gene Wilder, and you yeah. know, yeah, Madeline. Yeah, Kahn. I was. I knew who Madeline Kahn was. So I, I was a huge Bob Hope fan as a kid. Which right. I don't know anybody that says that nowadays. <laughs> but when I was a kid, I watched all the road movies with Bing Crosby right. at constantly. Like every, I would watch them just back to back, nonstop. And so when he pops up and sells him ice cream i'm like oh my god <laughs> it's, and <Bob> just, <laughs> like, it's so fun he doesn't have like 
all the craziest lines, I think that Steve Martin is definitely my favorite uh, cameo <laughs> because he's hilarious in this movie. But uh, yeah, all of them, all of them. I didn't know who Richard Pryor was at the time, but I knew that like, oh, this is a thing that that people are hey, getting. You're like, I'm not allowed to watch the vast majority of what <laughs> this guy does. Yeah, but I know who he is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were all like big names. They're all yeah. icons and stuff that anybody would know. Um, I've always back to that opening shot when he's talking to the Hollywood guy who just <laughs> happens to be lost in the swamp mm-hmm. rowing his little boat. <laughs> the Hollywood executive. Man, how mm-hmm. great would it be if that was if like chasing a dream or a goal was literally as easy as someone just being like we happen to be cast in frogs. And you'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. One of my favorite bits in that swamp scene, though, is Kermit telling him, like, just watch out for the alligators. And, like, <laughs> the Muppet alligator starts coming over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All felt and plush. Yeah. But I. <clears throat> The start of, like, the Muppets, because that's what that first movie really kind of starts off as being, is, like, yeah. the start of the Muppets, how they got their yeah. break. Uh, it's fun that it's, like, an origin story for people that are even a fan of the Muppets already. Right. You get to see the beginning where they all meet each other, and that's, like, over the course of the movie, <laughs> they just, we run into Fozzie, we run into Gonzo, and we just form this band. They just kind of latch onto each other and decide, yeah, we all want the standard rich and famous contract out in Hollywood. This will be great. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a great callback in 2011, but we'll get there. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I find it. I know normally when we break down the franchises, we'll usually like go kind of scene by scene or whatnot. Mm hmm. Trying to break down like every scene in that first Muppet movie is just it's so brilliant how they did it. The ingenuity, all the like specs that they had yeah. to come up with, all the new things. You and I have talked about this kind of subject back in like our stunt episode of there are so many people trying to work on one little thing. It's incredible. And it's often overlooked and just kind of like ignored, honestly. I think overlooked yeah. is given too much credit. I think the the team of people behind the Muppets are criminally yeah. overlooked because it's so many people. I mean, not just the people doing all the extra puppeteering because when they made the movie, it required way more than, you know, Frank <laughs> Oz moving his hand. Suddenly it required yeah. like pulley systems. How do we create all of them riding a bike. How are we going to put, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And that, that's the thing that's always been fascinating to me is that, well, you know, that Frank Oz does five or six different staple characters and Jim Henson does Kermit and five or six other characters. But because each one takes both of their hands to operate, basically, if Jim Henson is doing Kermit and Frank Oz is doing piggy, you who's doing, who's doing Fozzie Bear because Frank Oz is supposed to do right. Fozzie Bear and he can't do it. So they, you have to organize. It's like a technical thing to figure out who's in what scene together and all this stuff. Well, then they had the the difficulty of 
Kermit and Rolf having their little duet scene because they're both puppeteered mm-hmm. or were puppeteered by Jim Henson. He yeah. did both the voices and the actual puppeteering. So they had to come up. They, someone else has to come in and help do the extra puppeteering on both characters. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that they need, they need all those different people to be the puppeteers. And then the end of the movie is like the biggest thing ever oh, where huge. there's like 250 different puppets in that scene. And there's not enough. There's like every Muppet they've ever created from, <laughs> from the Muppet show, from Sesame street, from all these places, they have all these Muppets. They don't have enough people to operate them. So they need to like go out and find puppeteers, which is a pretty niche talent and skill to have. Well, (laughs) they had so many extras rumor has it that even like Tim Burton was one of the puppeteers in the shot. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I was like, yeah. what a crazy thing. That's, I mean, that's long before he would ever become mm-hmm. anyone in Hollywood. <laughs> right. But it's the, the Muppet team and throughout the years from 1979 to uh, kind of present day, like, holy shit. That's mm-hmm. so many people trying to just operate these odd felty creatures uh, <laughs> yeah yeah no it's very true and they're all like it's a very specific thing like to operate a muppet it's not like it's not like other kinds of marionettes or things like that mm-hmm. the thing i you never think about when you're watching it because your just disbelief is so suspended but all the sets or a lot of the sets are built like six feet up so they can be standing there with their arm in the air instead of like lying down on their back (laughs) uh, constantly. And then they can like move around and walk around and stuff. But the camera is like way up here the whole time. It's just like, it's a logistical nightmare to make it happen, but it comes off so flawlessly. I'm so glad they made it happen because that first movie is just so like, it's so Mm -hmm. freaking good it's cute it's hilarious and i I love how you meet everyone and i Mm. i like that they don't uh for an origin story i like that it kind of pokes fun at origin stories before origin story movies were even really a thing where they're just like all right let's uh let's just keep this train rolling like (laughs) (laughs) yeah which they do a few times throughout the franchise um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a good time for a montage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I just mentioned it, but one of my favorite interactions in the movie is Kermit and Rolf at the restaurant mm-hmm. or in the, the bar area, I guess, technically. Because mm-hmm. Rolf is just... I've always loved Rolf. Yeah. I, I've always loved seeing him behind the piano. His piano playing, just, just it always cues, and it starts with this movie, just cues like a good turning point for like Mm -hmm. usually kermit especially but rolf is like that that voice of reason even for kermit and it's always done through song which the muppet Mm -hmm. music is so goddamn fun and it's so well written and every time i'm like i almost don't even care that the lyrics are specifically geared towards like the muppet world Mm-hmm. Some of those songs, I'm like, these are real tunes. Like, I feel <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> yeah. No, it, 
it connects a hundred percent with the audience because those and you don't think of the Muppet movies as musicals, but they very much are because every character are. breaks into song about some situation that they're in and it works perfectly. Yeah. Um, I just kind of wish I would have put but, it on so I could watch it in the background. Yeah. I it's didn't. just always fun to watch. Um, yeah. Rolf is great also because I don't know if a lot of people know that he was like one of the original Muppets that mm -hmm. Jim Henson created. And so he, he created Rolf and Kermit and then a bunch of other stuff way before the Muppet show was even a thing. And so to see him carry on throughout is always kind of fun, I think. To oh, be like yeah. you're an original character, and then they keep adding on other ones. But it's like Kermit is the obvious one because he's the star, but Rolf is just kind of like an unsung hero of the original. <laughs> throughout the whole franchise. Well, he yeah. never does anything huge. He's always showing up, just like kind of randomly. He's in the background. He's that. He yeah. usually will have a scene of being mm -hmm. that voice of reason or that. Uh, well, no, yeah, the voice, even when he's singing. Um, mm -hmm. But he never does anything grand, which I think is perfect for that character. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Your turn to ramble on about it. <laughs> okay. Um, the thing I was going to say is I always enjoy not just the human cameos, but the Sesame Street cameos. Every kid knows Sesame Street. But to see them like cross over and like the worlds collide, mm -hmm. you're not, you haven't even like gotten in the comic books at, the, at this point. So you don't really even know about crossovers. But to see a Sesame Street character show up and just have Big Bird walking down the side of the road and as Kermit and Fozzie pull up, it's like, I didn't know this was possible. What? <laughs> I know that guy, but I'm not watching Sesame Street. So I don't, I don't really know what's going on, but I know it's awesome. <laughs> right. And, so every time that happens, whether it's Oscar or whatever, I think it's just the funnest thing. Well, it's fantastic because by the time I watched this movie, you know, I was I was a little tyke, you know, I was a yeah. little kid. I watched <laughs> Sesame Street. It's what we did. Yeah, everybody did. And, and yeah, I remember seeing Big Bird walking down, having that that wonderment of just like, oh my god, Big Bird showed up! What is this? This is amazing. <laughs> then you kind of get a little older, and you're like, oh, Sesame mm -hmm. Street is Jim Henson stuff too, so that makes sense why, yeah, why he would show up and why Sesame Street characters all show up at the end. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I started watching um, Street Gang, which is the documentary about uh, called Street Gang: How We Got to Sesame Street. Oh, okay. It's from it came out in twenty twenty one, and it's basically about all of Sesame Street. Mm -hmm. But you see Jim Henson and Frank Oz puppeteering. It's like behind the scenes oh, stuff yeah. as they're like starting to get Sesame Street up and running, and Kermit's there, and all this stuff. It's really interesting. I haven't like finished it because I didn't have time, but it was a fun kind of like background into like the starting of Muppets and starting of Sesame street. I'm going to have to check that out. Street gang, street gang. Yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah. And I wasn't old enough to like when, when uh, apparently in the, f I've seen the first season of 
Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. back in the day with all of the those legends. They had like a a Muppet segment that was recurring called Land the Land of Gorch. Yep. And it it's fun to see that stuff like before it becomes a show and before it becomes a movie where it starts and then you get to like the Muppet movie and it's so polished and you can see why they became such huge icons. Yeah. That especially in that first movie. Now there are two Muppet movies. Jake, you know this. Anyone who listened to our I think it was our family mm-hmm. episode uh know how I feel about this Muppet movie and then the the one from twenty eleven. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like they are just well, I'll focus on this one. It is such a great movie to me, not just for all the technical reasons and just the the fun story, but watching it as a kid, you're put into this magical world of like, just anything's possible. The -hmm. importance of like, hey, you know, go after your dream or, you know, whatever, be a dreamer. Watching it as an adult it's I, I still watch it with wonderment, but I it's like a deeper wonderment of just you're kind of reminded of the importance to do mm-hmm. what you want to do to like kind of go after what you actually want to do in life and mm-hmm. just accept the fun, you know, and just keep working at it. I rewatching this, I was like, God damn, we need more Muppets. Like we need yeah. the Muppets. <laughs> yeah, no, they are. Their, their message and their, I guess, perspective on the world as these little felt creatures that are just mm-hmm. walking around at waist level, the way that they see things and the way they interact with people and the message that the movies have, I think, is all great and especially great for young people who are trying to make sense of the world, for them to see it and be like, oh, I, I get it and I need to pursue my dream i need to help my friends out i need to do all these things it's just wholesome and wonderful and and genuinely wholesome it's shocking how wholesome this movie is (laughs) (laughs) and i think that's why we keep going back to it and everybody will always go back to it is that it will stand the test of time it's so well done you know my when i had my daughter and she was a little bit older i i showed her them you know introduced her to the muppets mm-hmm. and to this day i'll mention the muppets and she's still like oh i love the muppets dad and it, it's true <laughs> i think there's like even if you don't watch it constantly there's yeah. something about the muppets that just connects to so many people on a much deeper level than Stays a lot of other movies and it just sticks with you yeah oh, you can't sure. really say that about I mean, maybe I say it about a lot of movies, but your general audience yeah. typically won't say that about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's true. hundred percent. Oh, it's one of those where they just, man, they <laughs> knocked one out of the gate so much. And dude, <laughs> the, uh, this is going to be one of those moments where it's like, we probably should have dedicated the whole episode just to the first movie, but it's okay. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, you know, we we mentioned the cameos. I think Steve Martin's cameo at the 
did you want to smell the cap? Yeah, <laughs> as him smell the bottle cap is my favorite part. <laughs> or the like, uh, when he tells Kermit, you know, it's it's one of our finest. I forget what word he uses. Um, oh shit, I can't think of. The I don't word. remember the word, but it's of course, from, uh, and Kermit's like, well, it better be at ninety five cents a pop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a from the uh, from a vineyard in Idaho. <laughs> It is. I looked it up. It's like not even an actual like wine. It's some kind of like sparkling whatever. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steve Martin's is my favorite, and then Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks cameo as the like evil doctor, <laughs> and and I don't know how many kids get the reference of on his back that says Doc the back of his jacket, but. I, of course, saw Blazing Saddles as a kid and knew that, like, when he says gov on the back of yeah. his jacket, it has to be a callback to that. See, and I hadn't seen Blazing Saddles at that point. I knew who Mel Brooks was because I had uh, I had already watched, um... oh, shoot. Young Frankenstein? No, I saw Young Frankenstein when I was a little bit older. I want to say it was Robin Hood. Yeah. Um I remember I saw Men in Tights pretty early on, but then my parents would fast forward the scene where they stick their hands up and they give them the finger through this thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw most of Men in Tights when I was a kid. I, I just remember my dad laughing and my mom being like, oh my gosh, when they do the shot behind the curtain and Robin Hood's sword raises up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I knew who Mel Brooks was. I knew his mm. mark on comedy. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. At that point, my dad had told me about Get Smart and had just kind of taught me about the comedic genius of Mel Brooks without me being allowed to watch mm-hmm. Blazing Saddles, mm-hmm. which was another like I just this movie. It was crazy thinking about man, I I knew who these people were, whether I had actually watched their stuff. I just I knew who they were. Yeah. And that kind of helped me knowing who they were definitely was a huge spark into the curiosity to visit all of their mm-hmm. work as I got older when I was allowed to. And now yeah. I'm a big fan of all that old stuff, you know, I, yeah. especially when it comes to Mel Brooks. I, the man's <laughs> a goddamn genius. Um, yeah, that's true. If the Muppets vouch for Mel Brooks and Steve Martin, they have to be okay. Just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I've also always loved how quick it escalates with Doc Hopper. How he goes from just bribing Kermit to begging Kermit to being like, I'm going to assassinate you and just yeah, use your court. hire an assassin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's the best frog killer in all the land. <laughs> yeah. And he uses a harpoon. I've, I don't know why. I've always loved that detail. It's like the funniest weapon you could choose. <laughs> but it, it leads to one of my favorite partner sequences of the whole movie. And that is when like in that ghost town and you get mm-hmm. the giant animal. It's like a, yeah. And it's like a, they're getting like geared up for a shootout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an old West shootout with the Muppets with Kermit. Yeah. But yeah, the giant animal is awesome also. Always loved it. Love the giant animal. The movie is just 
when, like when you meet Gonzo. I saw, but, sorry, I saw a thing where uh, Jim Henson didn't, they could have used a normal sized animal yeah. with a miniaturized set, but he refused. Jim Henson refused to do that. And so they forced them to construct a giant 60 foot animal head in a normal size set. Which, like, that's one way to use your movie dollars. I, I mean, kind of a dick move. But awesome. But awesome. And it paid yeah. off really, really, really well. And I think the whole point of the Muppet movies was to push the boundaries of puppeteering and, mm -hmm. and the Muppet performances that you couldn't do on television and to like show Kermit's legs and all that yeah. stuff. It was a huge deal. Uh, yeah, full body shots. The Muppets doing a lot of action. Um, mm -hmm. One of my favorite sequences in the movie, and, and it's also one of my favorite songs in the movie, is when they go to the church to hide out from Doc Hopper mm -hmm. and you meet Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. The whole yeah. sequence, you and I already mentioned it a little bit with the script reading, it, when Fozzie and Kermit fall asleep. Mm -hmm. That whole sequence is so much fun to watch and it's like my only complaint every time i watch it is like i wish that song was longer because <laughs> yeah. i could listen to that fucking thing like <laughs> on a loop <laughs> yeah yeah we joked about it before we started but i have been humming and whistling the songs from these movies for <laughs> the last the four weeks <laughs> Well, I mean, so we weren't even recording yet, and all day today, I've just kind of been humming the Muppet mm -hmm. Show theme song to myself. I don't think anyone else at like work either heard me or knew what I was humming, but I've been humming yeah. it all day, oh, and it's for about a week. Um, but I just, you know, that that song harkens back to like the whole Muppets theme, and then it also what was fun for me to kind of learn recently was that first movie is really uh, kind of Jim Henson's retelling of how he happened to find some success, how he like just kind of mm -hmm. started going after what he knew what he, his vision was. He knew what he wanted to ultimately accomplish. So he just kind of went for it. And mm -hmm. I love that he retells that, that kind of personal story through the use of all these, silly characters you know you got gonzo flying through the park because he's holding on to the balloons yeah you got you know the the studebaker <laughs> gotta look for a brown studebaker with a bear and a frog well i see a rainbow painted studebaker with a bear and a frog <laughs> yeah that can't be them that's else. <laughs> that first movie is just it is pure magic like it is one of those that you just you can't deny the magic of that story the way it was filmed, the music, everything molds so perfect. And it all, when it all comes together, mm -hmm. when like they're in their studio, they sing the rainbow connection as a whole group. And then it all crashes. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite transitions is, the, <laughs> I mean, it's super cheesy. Yeah. But it's perfect. Is it the rainbow so well. coming into the studio. And then you go into the meta, you know, they finish their song and then you go back to the beginning in the theater. I love that the end credits are literally just all the Muppets talking about the movie and just like mingling. 
Yeah. Which is, I don't know why, but it's <laughs> one of my favorite things. Cause it's, it feels even more real and it, you know, it harkens back yeah. like feels natural when you go to a movie with friends, you and I used to do this almost every movie we saw where it was like mm -hmm. the movie ended. So we sit and talk. <laughs> like, right. That's <laughs> what you did or do. Yeah. I, God damn that first Muppets movie, Jake, <laughs> it is so, <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. I, th I, I think it's the best one yeah. out of all of them. And so that's probably why it warrants a full episode just to itself. Cause we could, could talk about the entire thing and all of the jokes and all the references and everything. And you know, I, for me, like my love of the Muppets really just, it comes down to my dad. Like I got to thank my dad because he's the one that showed me this mm -hmm. movie when I was, I don't even know how old I was three, four years old, something like four or five. Um, yeah. And I'm like, I watch it now. I'm just every time I'm like, God damn, this was a good one, Dad. You did well, yeah. sir. You did well. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, but followed up with the sequel, Great Muppet Caper. Yes. Which is a heist movie. Very exciting. <laughs> and building off the back of the last one, it, now they are. I like the Great Muppet Caper. As a kid, it was always my favorite of the three that there were to watch the Muppet movie, Great Muppet Caper and Muppets Take Manhattan. Okay. I preferred Great Muppet Caper because I love the Muppet movie. Don't get me wrong. I love the Muppet movie. But I like that the Great Muppet Caper is its not an origin story. Everybody's all together from the very mm -hmm. beginning. I love it's extra meta like it's the most meta movie ever it's because they start out describing that we are in a movie and we are playing these characters and our characters are doing this and you're like okay and then like later in the movie they'll break character at different times like when kermit and piggy are arguing and then she's like talking to him about oh, no you and they're like they like break character and they're like are we really arguing or is this like <laughs> right characters? Like, hey, we need it's to like, focus on the scene okay it's almost right. i think some people would think it's too much but i love it i think it's the it's amazing and i really <laughs> enjoy it and so and i also love it being like a heist movie and like a mystery and they're mm -hmm. following this they go to england and and the whole like opening is in the sky where they're talking like describing that they can see the credits as they're flying through this balloon and stuff. It's just, it's super meta. But when they actually land in England and they have to like go after this, um, the baseball diamond, which is a funny pun. And, and Charles Groban is trying to stop them or trying to steal it also. And then they learn he's trying to steal it and try to stop him. Just the whole thing is really fun to me that I, I really enjoy it. I rewatching it. I was like, this is weird. There are definitely parts of it that are more rough. Like it doesn't work as well. Yeah. Just like, you know, in my adult mind watching it, I'm like, this is definitely rougher, but I can see why younger me loved it so much. I think, see, I never really connected to the Muppet caper. Like I always thought it was funny. And I, I think my favorite sequence of the whole movie is kind of mm. sadly when they land in London, well, crash land really in uh. the street. And as they're telling you, the audience, like we're going to be 
a photographer, Kermit's a detective, reporter, investigative reporter. Yeah. We're going to solve a, a heist, and the heist is happening right behind them <laughs> as they're talking. You know, there's mm-hmm. going to be this great crime and mystery, and there's like the whole traffic accident that happens, and they're totally oblivious to it. Just that whole mm-hmm. sequence to me has always been my favorite because it's such a great setup and it's a kind of slapstick spoofy Mm -hmm. humor that i've always loved i do feel like the movie though has the sequel you know the sophomore slump yeah it it feels there's parts of it that feel kind of forced where it's kind of mm-hmm. like they were really trying to make sure they were building off the success of the show and mm-hmm. of that first movie. So I think mm-hmm. they're focusing... I think they got tripped up just a little bit on trying to do too much. The meta aspect, I love, because it's mm-hmm. perfect. <laughs> a lot of the silly jokes are great. I just think it it is rough, like you said. So this yeah. one's never really stuck with me. Even when I rewatched yeah. it recently, I was like, I still like it, mm-hmm. but it's still not the like a go-to for me. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, it's it. The first one was so huge at the box office, yeah. and this one definitely fell short. Um, I think for a few reasons, but it's also pretty special because it's the only Muppet movie that Jim Henson actually directed. Yeah, all of the other ones and ones were directed by other people, and so him as the creator of them and. And I, I think that's pretty special too. Um, uh, seeing the, uh, seeing the, I think that also Miss Piggy is less, l- like I don't know, less abrasive than normal. She's she's certainly manipulative and oh, yeah. she gets away with a lot, but I don't know. They they do a lot of interesting things with them, especially her dance number and diving and swimming with the various like models and stuff she she is like a model in england and she's pretending to be a model so that kermit doesn't notice she's a failure but uh she i don't know the way that she like dives off of things and seeing a muppets underwater is a weird thing to see (laughs) it is very weird this Um, shouldn't work you're felt and foam and it, absorbent this is also the one where we get like the first uh full body shots of miss piggy and <laughs> it's very it's very apparent that the size difference is constantly there where as a muppet she's perfect but then the full body yeah. shot you're like you can tell there's a person like there's there's someone wearing a suit right there and because they're, yeah. they're suddenly very tall mm-hmm. if you're like it it doesn't quite <laughs> the camera tricks don't the camera tricks just you. don't work right there yeah. yeah but this one i laugh at it it's not supposed to be a joke but i laugh mm-hmm. at it every time just because it's like it feels meta and it feels like, well, we got to one up the last big thing we did, which was showing Kermit yeah. on a bike. So now we're going to show all of them riding a bike on the sidewalk. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's still a really good shot. So I give, I, I got to give them all credit <laughs> for that. Like good job, Jim Henson. And, yeah. Cause it, that shot works really well. But I laugh every time because yeah. it's just to me it's such a like blatant. <laughs> See, 
<laughs> you thought one frog <laughs> on a bike was credible. Now you've got a bear, a whatever, <laughs> and a frog. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole squadron. Uh, 90% of the reason that I think this was my favorite movie as a kid was mostly for the scene where so Charles Grobin and these models are going to steal this diamond. They're like gearing up in their super thief spy gear. And they've got like, like laser the detector things. Yeah. They're doing the whole checklist thing of like these special stylized spy things that are very high end, uh, high quality tech things. Right. And then the Muppets who are trying to stop them are also gearing up with their own checklist and they have things like a whoopee cushion and fake vomit and just the most it. random shit. It's and somewhere around here. Yeah, they've got those like, and then when they show up to the museum, they're all wearing those like Karl Marx like joke yep. glasses with mustache and nose <laughs> and stuff as their disguises. It's just, it's silly and it's fun and that whole sequence is probably my favorite part of the whole movie. It's just the best. I will. Yeah. I mean, the opening is still my favorite, but the checklist mm -hmm. scene is, it's probably the next best in that whole movie because it is silly <laughs> to go from the professionals, which even that is super ridiculous. It is Like their list of items is so off the wall, <laughs> but then to cut to the Muppets and they're like, mm -hmm crazy disorganized they don't have anything on the list or it's like broken they're in like or... a shitty hotel in england somewhere <laughs> it's the first time that like mm -hmm. a curse word was spoken by the muppets oh yeah it's in their song about the happiness hotel mm -hmm. they say the word hell i know Stop the presses. <laughs> um, Stop the presses! But it was a that. big deal for the Muppets, which had never yeah. used any kind of coarse language, as the MPAA mm -hmm. would say. Uh, <laughs> still gave it a G rating, though. So still had a G rating. Still had a G rating. But that one, it had been a while since I watched the, the caper. So I'm mm -hmm. watching it. And they said hell, and immediately I was like, "What? Did they just?" I like rewound it and played it. Like, they freaking said hell. The Muppets said hell. I'm so jaded, like I don't even notice anymore. <laughs> it took me off guard. I tried when I watched this. I really tried to watch them in chronological order, and yeah. so I came right out of the off the heels of that original <laughs> one into this one, which. I gotta say, mm -hmm. don't you don't have to watch these in chronological order. You don't have to try to yeah. binge them back to back. You really don't. You uh, can watch anyone at any time, basically. Yeah, and you're gonna love it. it they they all work. Um, mm -hmm. But it was very. I think that's why it took me so off guard because I was still coming off of such that like that magical feel, and then this one is very apparently different and it mm -hmm. feels different right out of the gate and then to hear him say hell i was like my brain's all Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> it is a cute movie and uh you keep saying grobin 
and it keeps throwing me off. I say Groban. You've said Groban. Groden. Twice. Groden. Sorry. I, <laughs> it's okay. I mispronounced it. I know it's Charles I, Groden. Groden. Well, I've been. I'm not going to lie, Jake. I've been debating. Do I just let Jake continue, or should <laughs> I like say something? Everybody um, knows Charles Groden. Groden. Beethoven. That's where I um, know him from. Well, yeah. at, when I saw this, that's where I had known him from. And it was funny yeah. for me at that age to watch him, who I knew as the dad who's kind of the stickler who's forced to like mm -hmm. fall in love with this big, messy pup. Yeah, uh, certainly not a villain. No, but he, it, it was still funny for me to watch him in this role, even <laughs> as a kid and even now, because I my brain still reverted back to, oh, he's the mm -hmm. dad from Beethoven. And then my brain was like, <laughs> He's also in Midnight Run, which is a movie you watch way more than Beethoven. Oh, and my yeah. brain was like, we have no idea what the fuck we're supposed to be like <laughs> connecting to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Beethoven has just deeply imprinted itself on my childhood. It that did. It's always what I will think of first. The first Beethoven has some pretty intense scenes in it. That freaking evil vet doctor guy. Oh, I'll <laughs> never forget the, the fake yeah. blood on the, the arm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's traumatizing. Okay. But this isn't a Beethoven. But this podcast. isn't Beethoven. <laughs> uh, the next movie, Muppets Take Manhattan. How do you feel about this movie before I shit on it? Oh, you're going to shit. I'm not going to shit on it, but I do think it's one of the weakest ones. I still enjoy it, obviously. There's nothing terribly wrong with it, but it is weaker than the other ones. I see. I think it's a stronger outing. Than, Interesting. than the caper one. I Muppets on Broadway? It makes Muppets on Broadway sense. is makes sense, yes. It is weird that the movie opens with them graduating college for no real reason. And you don't have to. They're the Muppets. They they went they just decide to go to college. I assume these are adult Muppets because they're not Muppet babies, even though we do get Muppet We do get babies, the Muppet babies fun. in in Manhattan, yeah. Um, but they are, I assume they were adult Muppets to go back to college at that hey, point. Grownups can go back to college. You can. They do it all the time. But they are famous. They have a contract. Like, I don't know why you would bother going I will, back to college. I mean, actors go back even, to college. I'm not, no, no actors go back to college. Plenty of actors have finish, gone back to college. They don't even finish high school. Okay, so the what's his face from Damon? I wish I remember this. Yeah, guy's there you name. go. So it's, Natalie it's, Portman did it. She went back. She's crazy intelligent. I forget like what she what? got, but she went back to school. Okay. Uh, Emma Watson went back to school. Okay. None um, of these people are the ones I was thinking of. I know you're thinking of James Franco, who went. And James Franco went back to school. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyways. Like. Dude, I will just, I will agree with you. Starting the movie off with them graduating college is a little like, weren't we just in London solving crimes yeah. and now we're yeah, in you, college back in the States? If you make it and you get a a contract to be rich and famous, you don't even need to finish high school. Like, why would you even bother going to college? But I don't even have a problem with that. I don't even care about that. My main problem with the Muppets Take Manhattan, is that it's different from the others in several ways. A lot of Number ways. One, 
it drops the meta side entirely, which yeah. is like one of my favorite parts. It doesn't do anything meta, doesn't break the fourth wall, doesn't talk about the fact that they're in a movie, doesn't do anything like that. And so I miss that. It's still fun seeing I, everybody do their thing. I enjoy all that. But it's just there's something missing to me. It also separates the Muppets for most of the movie where they go to New York. They're going to be on Broadway. Doesn't work out right away, which is understandable. And then they all go their separate ways. Yeah. And so now Kermit is there trying to figure it out. He checks in once in a while, but they're all doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. Like Fozzie's in a cave hibernating or trying to. And everybody's doing their own thing. And it's just not the same when they're not all together. So I feel like that's nice. I agree that it's it does feel odd and maybe a little off the fact that they never break the fourth wall. There's really hardly any music considering it's a movie about them wanting to be on Broadway. I mean, there's still musical numbers, but it's not what they've done before. Yeah, a little less. At, like. at least until like, well, the very beginning and then the very ending. But um mm -hmm. Watching the Muppets separate, I will wholly agree, <laughs> feel so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this isn't working out. Let's just go find other jobs. <laughs> like, it it, it, it feels like, oh, I'm genuine. Like, I forget the song that they sing. Well, that plays because they don't actually yeah. sing it. But the song that plays is like Kermit is saying goodbye to Miss Piggy while she's on the train and then saying mm -hmm. goodbye to everyone. They're all going, they're like hitchhiking and like mm -hmm. leaving town. I yeah, genuinely states. feel sad during that whole scene. Like full on just this might be one of the saddest moments in film history. Mm -hmm. I know it's not. <laughs> But I feel so, like, bummed out right now. Yeah. But I think why I feel it's a little bit stronger outing than Caper is because mm -hmm. it, drop, it, it goes against the grain. It almost felt like they knew we overdid it on the second movie. So let's try kind of... Right, uh silliness. It, yeah, let, let's, let's kind of oh, let's, uh, recalibrate just a little bit. Did they mm -hmm. overdo it? Overcorrect. Yeah. Yes, I will. I will say they overcorrected, but I like the story a little mm -hmm. more than I like the Great Muppet Caper because yeah. it's more focused just on the Muppets themselves. And plus, you get like a full movie with Rizzo the Rat, and Rizzo yeah. is fantastic. And I, I always love Rizzo, and I'm glad that he's like a full fledged character. Yeah, and and you movie. get the fun little rat gags that they start in this movie and continue on with all of his little jokes. But one of my favorites mm -hmm. is the rats, whether they're ice skating or ice skating, using sticks of butter on the griddle. Like <laughs> I just, yeah. I love that gag. And the fact that rats are cooking in the kitchen. Sorry, Ratatouille. This movie <laughs> did it first. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, they introduced one of the rats is her Tui, name I is Tui. Yeah. Yeah. It's the original Ratatouille. <laughs> It's a funny joke. But I, uh, I enjoy yeah, this one. And, and the music that is in it, I enjoy. It's I don't not enjoy it. I do enjoy it. I just feel like in the pantheon of Muppet movies that we're going through, I would put this more in the bottom half of the bottom of the movies. Maybe even the bottom 
three, two, three. Ooh. I, I, not that I hate it. They're all top tier, but it's just, it's something about it doesn't do it for me. Oh man. As much. That's hilarious. Our views on it. If we're putting it in the pantheon of these eight movies is like almost exactly swapped. Oh, really? Yes. (laughs) That's amazing. I don't know. Maybe it's it's like the cameos aren't as good. The, so caper has like Peter Falk and John Cleese and all of these things. Like, I I don't know or care that much about Joan Rivers and Art Carney and Liza Minnelli. Like, well, they were I huge in the eighties. That's why they're. I know up. them. They're huge. They're funny enough people, but their cameos just don't hit me like Steve Martin and I, Mel Brooks and all those guys. So it's true. like they're okay. They're good. They're great, but they're not as good as the greats that I mentioned uh, before. I'm with you. It's weird. Like I don't have a whole lot of argument mm-hmm. against you because your points are valid. <laughs> it's the only movie where there's not a main villain. True. Like the, all of the other movies, there's a villain trying to stop or like defeat the Muppets or trick the Muppets. This one is just like life. It's just trying to defeat the Muppets. <laughs> and that's just not as fun. Um, it's also, uh, it's the last, I guess, the positives, it's the last theatrical movie where the Muppets crossed over with Sesame Street. Yep. So they do that in the wedding at the end, the big <laughs> piggy and uh, Kermit wedding that she kind of tricks them into. She's um, always trying to trick that. them into. <laughs> yeah. Now, that's like watching it as an adult now. It's been a minute since I've seen this one. I was like a little awkward when Kermit's standing there and she's like, he's like, this is a real preacher in this musical number about our wedding. It was a real preacher. And they did the gag of Kermit being like his look around Mm -hmm. when he see, you know, to piggy and just around, he doesn't look at the audience, but Mm -hmm. they did that as the gag of like Kermit being like, Oh, sh-. like, well, not oh, shit, Kermit doesn't say shit, but like, yeah, like, fuck, <laughs> fuck, I'm about to get married, like, yeah. for real, <laughs> yeah. But when he looks at her, he's like, Who's this guy? He's not supposed to be in this musical number, yeah. And she's like, No, just go with it. And he's like, Do you want to marry her? And there's that big long pause about, and then he says, I do. You're like, As an adult, you're like, This is a little bit, uh, not really cool, <laughs> Miss Vicky. <laughs> I do think trap a man. I do like the jokes the revolving Miss Piggy. I think her spying on Kermit is yeah. actually one of the funniest part of the whole movie parts because she does it throughout. Um, yeah. But this is the one where she bothers me the least because she's mm. just funny and trying to be like this jealous lover. Yeah. Who left kermit but didn't actually leave kermit Uh but i love like when uh when she's spying the first time and the construction workers start trying to heckle her and like cat call her she (laughs) starts beating the shit out of everything around like (laughs) yeah i will say i I love that I say that I don't like Miss Piggy that much, but every time she goes, yeah, oh. somebody, I love it. I, I almost, karate. when I put in the Muppet, like any of the Muppet movies, I feel like I'm almost just in complete anticipation for Miss Piggy's high odds. 
Yeah. Like when she throws down to fight, I'm there. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. It's so hilarious that she's like the muscle of the group. And then right. she, she just has to get worked up enough and then she can fight anybody. It doesn't matter how armed or experienced they are. She'll just karate chop them to death. And it's awesome. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I guess, in the favor of the Muppets Take Manhattan is it is the last movie where Jim Henson performed Kermit yep. because he died in 1990. And so this was his last go at Kermit. Yeah. So it, it's worth keeping, worth See, remembering and enjoying. I, I do enjoy it. And I was like looking up, obviously, I'm kind of in the minority in how much I actually enjoyed this movie. Um, but the people that enjoyed it, I was like, yeah. They get me. <laughs> it's yeah. like they're just like me, where they're like, "There's a lot to it that we should be very bothered by and turned off from, <laughs> but we can't not enjoy it." One, it's the Muppets, and you're almost yeah. obligated as a Muppets fan to just like, "I'm automatically a fan." I can't yeah, it's help always it. going to be good. Um, but there's this. I I I think I like the the i don't want to say a reset on it because it's not a reset but i i, I like the mm -hmm. departure from the overtly silly in the great mm -hmm. caper even though i think they did kind of overshoot a little bit i like that they did that to try and hopefully find a middle ground which they started doing well mm -hmm. at, at least in terms of like muppets middle ground yeah. um <laughs> right but yeah, I, I like Manhattan. I, I think there should be more music to it, but I, I enjoy what I got. Yeah, it's not bad by any means. Yeah. Um, and then 1992, The Muppet Christmas Carol, which you can tell right away, they upped their game with it. Yeah. Uh, just the production <laughs> quality, everything about it is like next level good. I think part of that's probably the partnership with Disney. Mm -hmm. uh, Disney didn't buy Muppets yet, but they did co-produce the next two movies. And uh, it is in the wake of Jim Henson's death, came out two years after his death, but directed by his son, Brian Henson, yeah. which is feels uh, connected, obviously. Like they obviously still get the characters. Everybody still loves these characters, performs them with the same sincerity. Uh, Frank Oz is involved. Everybody's involved. Well, it's just... and this one, I love this movie for so many reasons. Well, I do I have every Christmas. Yeah. It, it's, I can't not watch it during Christmas time. I have to watch it during Christmas time. It may be my preferred version of the Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens. Like all the different oh, film as as, versions. As far as movies. Yeah, for sure. Um, I could see that. I think my preferred version actually is Scrooge, at least in terms mm. of like retelling. But Christmas Carol as Dickens' story, yeah, it's one of my favorite stories. Period. I love this story. <laughs> like I read it during Christmas time. It's just oh, I love love a Christmas Carol. Um, my only complaint. I do have one complaint about this movie. Okay. And it's so minute, though, that <laughs> I can't hold it against the movie itself because the movie is fantastic. I just mm. never understood why they took Tiny Tim's line away from Tiny Tim. 
Yeah. Like I've never understood that decision. I never will understand that decision. Yeah, I think it would work great or even better with Robin saying it. Yeah, but I digress. <laughs> um, I love what the Muppets did with this movie because it felt like they got back to kind of roots and breaking mm-hmm. the fourth wall, telling you, hey, we're going to tell this story. It's a super famous <laughs> story. Yeah. It's almost like the Muppets are putting on like an actual play. Yeah. For the right. audience. Now I get it. They're putting on a movie, but it felt like the Muppets were putting you through an actual mm-hmm. kind of story time and they adapt it very well to incorporate mm-hmm. Muppet things and characters and maintaining the heart of the story, which is a crazy thing that people have a hard time doing just with like <laughs> adapting books to movies without having to make sure they're including so many different things. Mm-hmm. They fuck them up all the time, but somehow the Muppets adapt <laughs> one of the most classic tales ever and mm-hmm. get it right. <laughs> yeah. And I appreciate how accurately they do it because it's not exactly the kind of movie that you would expect. Like right. they're, they don't fall in line with each other. Charles Dickens and Christmas Carol is pretty dark. And they, even the telling of it in this movie is pretty dark with the ghosts and the, and well, and Gonzo is and like this stuff. reciting the story to Rizzo. So Rizzo is with you, the audience who've never read the story, yeah. you know, like children. And, um, Gonzo even says like, this gets a little dark. Like it's, there's <laughs> hauntings, there's ghosts, there's, Death, yeah. there's one. <laughs> yeah, it, and they keep all of that, and I think it works really well, but is in contrast with how silly the Muppets are. Yeah. And I don't know, there's something about those things that are balanced just right. They do a great job of maintaining silliness, and they start going back to like some very basic uh, slapstick humor you know Mm -hmm. with gonzo and rizzo they go to them getting knocked off of the windowsills throughout Mm -hmm. the movie rizzo falling into the uh the barrel of water and freezing and he's got to like thaw rizzo out while the i'm gonna we're gonna let the story continue while rizzo (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah we're just trying to eat constantly as the story's going (laughs) right But I don't know how they did it, but they found such a great middle ground for the -hmm. ridiculous and silliness and then telling one of the most, like, dramatic stories ever written. And I think a big part of that, I think a big part of that is Michael Caine taking it so seriously as Scrooge that he he plays it so straight as if he's not talking to a felt puppet constantly, but he plays it as Scrooge as like the most serious thing possible. And, and you believe it, you believe the whole story that he is Scrooge. He's in the situation oh, and all yeah. this stuff when he sees the, well, I love, I'm a huge fan of Stotler and Waldorf. Obviously they generally only get one or two lines of jokes when they get up several lines and a whole song. I'm like, I am in. Oh, and their song is fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. As they play the Marley brothers and that's amazing. Um, But I also, the, the three different ghosts of Christmas past, present and future that he meets, there's something about 
especially the ghost of Christmas past that little like child yeah. ghost creeps me the fuck out. Like, I don't know why more than the super grim ghost of Christmas future. The one, the little child of Christmas past is so is way more scary to me, but maybe that's just me. But the, all of the ghosts are new kind of Muppets, new, especially Christmas present, who's just a massive guy. Yeah. Uh, I, I love seeing all of those. I mean, those. so joyful. I, I actually, I love the the music in this movie, which is another thing that they kind of got back to is like, okay, we need musical numbers. We need to start incorporating this. And they do a great job of doing it with, you know, Ghost to Christmas Present, I think has one of the most memorable songs as him and Scrooge are walking through the streets of London and he's yeah. kind of teaching Scrooge all the lessons that he needs to learn. Um, mm -hmm. But even the songs that they give to Scrooge, well, the main song they give to Scrooge during his reformed post-haunting, it's like, it's weird hearing Michael Caine sing. Yeah. But it's so well done because it's even more believable that Scrooge has like reformed. He's like yeah. on the better path and he's not going to be a perfect vocalist. Mm -hmm. He's not going to like. Who has never done it before. He's never done Why it before. So it, it's all so perfect. Um, mm -hmm. He still shouldn't have stolen. Tiny Tim's line, but I, I digress. I think. <laughs> but I, I do also love this. Also, kind of reverts back to like that first Muppet movie where they put the Muppets into reality. Having the mm -hmm. Muppets play characters, yeah, in a story, to me was like a reinforcement that the Muppets are just a normal part of life now. In reality, they're like right. Kermit isn't just a talking frog he's right. an actor he's like <laughs> he's an entertainer he's an entertainer and you're like this just reinforces the suspension of belief you know suddenly mm -hmm. you're like oh yeah muppets everyday part of life yeah yeah <laughs> yeah just part of society like anybody else like anyone else he he auditioned <laughs> and got cast along with the whole crew but <laughs> In a movie specially geared towards that, like specifically geared towards that. Yeah. Yeah. I think Christmas Carol is timeless and I watch it. All oh, it's the time, amazing. Every and yeah. Every Christmas I watch it numerous times. Mm -hmm. uh, Muppet Treasure Island, though. I'm not going to lie. It's been a minute since I've seen this one. I loved it as a kid. It came out in 1996. Yeah. It came out at a time where I was like kind of at the age where I didn't know I didn't know if my peers felt like the Muppets were cool. I love the Muppets. <laughs> it felt like people were kind of getting out of being thinking the Muppets were cool. And so when Treasure Island came out, I, this is the first one I remember coming out in theaters yep. when I was a kid and I went and saw it Me and too. I loved it. And so I remember watching it constantly and then like showing my friends and being like, isn't this cool? And then someone would think it's cool. Someone would think it's not. I think a big reason why it is cool, especially for older kids, older boys, is there's a lot of fighting and violence and pirates. It's a and, pirate story. Yeah. It's a pirate and story. And it's, it's violent compared to most Muppet movies. There's a lot of death 
I, well, it has talk. like the first on-screen death in a Muppet movie. Yeah, if you count Dead Tom, who's already dead. Well, you don't count Dead Tom, like. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can count Dead. You can, Tom, but, but he's already. We dead. see uh, a human death. Yeah. On screen in Muppet yeah. Treasure Island. There's like I don't know. Rewatching it, I was like. There's a lot of people fighting and dying, and they're talking about hanging people. They're talking about marooning people, well, leaving them for dead. I've always liked it because I did read Treasure Island pretty young. Like for yeah. some reason, I read a lot of those classic literature stories. You know, mm-hmm. Treasure Island, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth, The Time Machine. Like I, I had read a bunch of these stories at a pretty young age. Mm-hmm. And seeing the Muppets yet again bring a classic piece of literature to the screen to me I always felt like this is cool because those classics yeah. are cool. <laughs> um, see, unlike you though, I was always like the only one out of my peers mm. that ever thought the Muppets were cool. And to okay. this day, I still am like, the hell is wrong with you people? The Muppets <laughs> have always been cool. You are missing yeah. out. You are deprived. You should remedy that. Um, they will eternally be cool, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, I was nervous getting back to it because it had been a minute since I've seen it. I remember seeing Muppets from Space and being a little disappointed. And so I was nervous that like maybe th- at that time... Mm-hmm. In my life, I was just uh, grown up more, and I, if I saw this movie as an adult, I would think it's not as cool. Like it's something about it just doesn't appeal to like Very normal fun. adults, or there's holes in it and stuff. Um, yeah, I rewatched it. It's amazing. It's an absolute <laughs> banger of a movie. Maybe the best one. I love Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> it's amazing, and it's. I think I love that after the success of Christmas Carol, they wanted another. Yeah literary period piece and uh apparently they were deciding between treasure island and king arthur mm-hmm. i would love a king Arthur uh, I, movie as well i found that out this week too and was like <laughs> why didn't we do king arthur <laughs> yeah. there's still time <laughs> there's still time <laughs> i, I want to see i would love it for the muppets to do another retelling mm-hmm. of a a classic piece of literature. I think it's a good idea because yeah. it not only is it fun for like our generation or our parents' generations, you know, I'm sure I know my dad would probably like love it if they did King Arthur or if they did like shit, I already said, but if they did like the time machine, that would be yeah. awesome. I would love to see oh, yeah. Muppet versions of the creatures from the time. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be amazing. Um, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, but I think it's also great. And I felt this way when Treasure Island came out of being like my, you know, kids my age back then. I was like, they're going to find out about this really cool story that is pirates. It's, you know, this kid trying to survive and being taken hostage by a Mm -hmm. whole gang of pirates led by Long John Silver, who's one of the like, leading villains and (laughs) yeah yeah and it's kind of like a coming of age story that everyone kind of can identify with yeah 
appreciate for sure. So I, I've always liked that idea. I've always wished the Muppets did more because I think what they did with Christmas Carol and Treasure Island worked mm-hmm. really well, whether the box office numbers agreed or not. Mm-hmm. But I think they did that really well of just kind of introducing or reintroducing these classics to people that I think a lot of generations have kind of lost track of, which is a shame because they're good stories and you guys should revisit Mm -hmm. them because they're good. And it makes it like accessible in a (laughs) way that's modern. It's not just some dusty old story that our grandparents read. It's a story that's dusty old stories. Okay. (laughs) It's a story that I can see and identify with and appreciate because I see Gonzo and Rizzo and this kid like going on this adventure and it's very exciting. Well, and then for a lot of kids our age at this time in the 90s, um, mm-hmm. we were introduced to Tim Curry, unless we had seen yeah. Clue or watched the It Made for TV show or TV <laughs> movie. Which hopefully you didn't see it if you were our age because you would have nightmares forever. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have nightmares. The one thing I did not get scared of was Brag it. about it. <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared of absolutely everything else, but for some reason, it was not one. Great movie, though. Yeah. But him as Long John Silver was like our introduction to Tim Curry, the actor. Yeah. And, you know, I can watch Clue or It, or even if you watch uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, like, it's so fun watching Tim mm-hmm. Curry and stuff and just being like, it's Long John Silver because my brain still yeah. will do that where it's like, to me, he's always Long John or Wadsworth. And then he's Penny. Yeah. I've always thought Wadsworth was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Character. But this isn't a oh, clue episode, so we'll move on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Tim Curry is incredible. I really love Treasure Island because... I think partly because there's so few human actors in it. Yeah. There's so and there's so many new Muppets. Like all of the new pirate Muppets. Muppets. Yeah. Their designs are incredible. They're so interesting and cool. Um I I just love everything about the movie. The music is fantastic. I didn't know this week until it was it was Hans Zimmer that uh, composed it, which is incredible. My Hans boy Hans the best uh yeah so it's just the i love that they kept all of the adventure and danger of the books and of the story even though it's a muppet puppet movie for kids now it's still they keep all of it and it makes it just that much more exciting even though there's oh yeah the stakes are relatively low there's a lot of fighting there's a lot of like all the stuff (laughs) But it, the story is intact. It's the same thing that they did with Dickens and mm-hmm. Christmas Carol. Uh, I think it just works so it, well. They did a fantastic job with both uh, retellings of those classic stories. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you said you remember being disappointed in Muppets from Space. Yeah. And I remember loving the hell out of Muppets <laughs> from Space. Okay. That's cool. Now, I haven't watched it since like early 2000s. Okay. Uh, it's been it's been a minute since I watched this movie. So, when I sat down to watch it, I was stoked to rewatch all of them cuz I was like, I already mm-hmm. know how I feel about the Muppets movie. I already know how I feel about the Muppets. 
I already know how I even feel about Christmas Carol. I was mm-hmm. like, I remember loving Treasure Island. I'm pretty positive I'm still going to love that. Like, I yeah. kind of anticipated how I was going to feel about all of them. Right. Except for Muppets from Space and <laughs> Muppets Most Wanted, where I was like, more with Muppets from Space thinking, man, <laughs> is this going to suck? Like, is this going to be the one that I want to be like, oh, no. Yeah. And you then don't I watched it. Unwatchable Muppets movie. I was worried. I terrible. was genuinely worried that I was going to have that effect where <laughs> something is so amazing and you you maintain that incredibleness in your mind from childhood, and then you rewatch mm-hmm. it and you're like, "This is horrible." <laughs> I was an idiot. Why did <laughs> yeah. I ever watch it? Well, I did not feel that way. I watched it and okay. immediately was like, "Nope." Still love Muppets from Space. You haters be damned. It's silly. It's ridiculous. It's funny. Uh-huh. And I get I get a lot of like Pepe the King Prawn in this one. And that makes me yeah. happy. And <laughs> Yeah. I love Pepe the King Prawn. I wish he was in more more often. And so I do appreciate him that. I am a massive Gonzo fan, so I love a story that where he's the center he's of the, the story. He's the center of the story, which felt so great to give him like the full spotlight now. Yeah. And so, yeah, revisiting it, even though I was skeptical and I remembered being disappointed as a kid, uh, I, I liked it more than I thought I would. Yeah. I felt like it was definitely not bad. It was very enjoyable the whole time. Um, I liked... The only thing I didn't like as much as I felt like the ending was a little bit awkward. The ending where, weirded me out. I didn't remember yeah. the ending originally. If they're rewatching <laughs> it, like, obviously, you know what Gonzo's going to decide. Mm-hmm. But in my brain, I was like, you could have written this for, like, <laughs> Gonzo could have hung out with his family. Uh-huh. And you could have done, like, a, a Santa Claus thing where. He can come, come back. back. Right. It's not forever. <laughs> like, Yeah. Even mostly the part where the ship comes down, it lands. So the whole thing is Gonzo's not a whatever. He's an alien. And he's been on the planet for a long time. And uh, so he's a family somewhere out in outer space yeah. that are contacting him. The ship comes down. It lands. They're all waiting there. And then it just like bursts into this song, like a 70s funk celebration song. And I don't know, it just feels awkward or I don't know, unnatural maybe that that whole ending and the whole interaction with the family and stuff is like, I don't feel like it should go this way. Everything leading up to that is great uh, and really, really fun. And I really enjoy the like, the government trying to stop him from from <laughs> well, all of that stuff. So watching it now, I was like, oh, I bet Jake... I was hoping you were enjoying it, and I was like, if Jake finds one thing that might be his favorite part of this movie, it'll either be <laughs> Hulk Hogan's cameo... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Hollywood Hulk Hogan absolutely is my I was favorite like, cameo. It's going to be... Hollywood Hogan, and it's gonna be the Muppets, like, ripping into the government for being stupid. (laughs) Yeah, the conspiracy theories of there's these aliens out there, they're trying to stop us from knowing about it. Yeah, that was great, too. I also love Ray Liotta as a cameo, Rob Schneider cameo, uh, David Arquette. Like, it's all kind of more 
late 90s early 2000s people which is just fun to see like, and they're I'm all fun to, like, old, and old references. i'm with you i had totally forgotten that that hollywood hogan one had a cameo and two mm. it was during the time when they rebranded him in the wrestling <laughs> uh echelon as the leader of the nwo and the bad guy yeah and i love that he just totally owns up to it in his cameo (laughs) don't you know i'm the bad guy now (laughs) comes in in a tuxedo without sleeves takes rizzo throws him down a chute leaves that's his cameo (laughs) he makes his wrestling like speech and all that (laughs) yeah a little bit a little bit (laughs) Yeah, I, yeah, overall, it wasn't bad at all. It's definitely fun. Um, it's, I, I don't know why I feel like it's just, it's underrated compared to the others, but it is still Muppets. It is still good. Yeah. Certainly still it good. Gets, uh, it gets shit on a lot. I was really? like looking it up. It gets shit on a lot, including by Kermit. Mm. What? Yes. Yeah, so they had Kermit when uh, the Muppets was coming out. I guess Kermit went on a late night um, show, and he made the comment, or you know, of whoever mm. made the comment of, "Well, you just don't want Muppets from Space to be the last one that you make." And I was like, <laughs> "It's not that bad. It's not <laughs> yeah. like it's the Crystal Skull where you have to make <laughs> another one to make up for that piece of shit." Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, you didn't like completely ruin the characters in the world for everybody. Right. Like some people complain that giving Gonzo an actual backstory kind of takes away the fun of the character. To me, I'm like, it didn't yeah. affect my feeling on Gonzo at all. It I- doesn't affect my feeling, but mostly because I ignore it. I do really like the jokes of he's a whatever, he's just a thing that nobody can identify. I want to keep that forever. I don't want to be like, oh, he's an alien. Do. They do. And I love that they do just kind of continue that. If they were like, oh, he's an alien, he's a frog, he's a bear, it just wouldn't work as well for the character of Gonzo, who's a weirdo who likes yeah. dangerous things and blowing himself up and all this stuff. Now, I, I love the silliness. You know, they, they've kind of been rebuilding the silliness with Christmas Carol and in Treasure Island. I think with Muppets from Space, they were really like, we found a, a really good uh, amount of ridiculousness and silliness to utilize. Yeah. And I think it was smart to center all of it around Gonzo as your primary mm-hmm. character. I think it's awesome that they can do this with the Muppets where Kermit is always known as being the face of the franchise. He's the leader. Yeah. He's the the center of all of it. But they put Kermit in the background quite a bit. Yeah. And it yeah, still works. It doesn't take anything away from him. I think it's actually really awesome and kind of gives credit to uh, you know, Jim Henson from back in the day, his son, and then the effort, Steve mm. uh, Whitmer, I think. Yeah. Um, for just kind of being head. open to understanding other Muppets can have the spotlight. It doesn't have to be yeah. a Kermit. And it is kind of an interesting 
situation to put them in where they're so reliant on Kermit yeah. as the leader to tell them what to do. You take that away and now they're kind of like lost. They need to figure it out they on their own. They still rely on Kermit and Muppets from space. <laughs> you want to go to the studio I'm now? <laughs> I'm thinking more of like uh, Most Wanted or something yeah. like that where he's actually taken away. Um, I, but I, I like the idea of focusing on Gonzo for a movie. I think they should do that more I would really like to see a movie where they focus on Fozzie Bear. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's kind of an unsung hero. He's like one of the main so trinity of Muppets. He's yeah, so lovable. It's like Fozzie Bear, Kermit, and Piggy are like the trinity, and the rest kind of fall under that. <laughs> I would love to see him get his own like push, I guess, right. as, a, as a hero. That would be awesome. Oh, that would be so good. But I, I was uh, very happy to find... Still enjoy it after all these years. Good. Not disappointed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was happy to find that I liked it more than I remembered. So I'll revisit it more and more. Yeah. Um, the Muppets oh, from Muppets. 2011, essentially a reboot, requel, I guess, is the modern term where it is a direct sequel to the first yep. one, more or less, makes references to the original Muppet movie. It's the first movie where Disney actually holds the rights to yeah. the Muppets. So they acquired them in, I think, 2004. It's also the first PG-rated Muppet movie, which is pretty wild. I don't feel like it's that different uh, as far as content-wise like, goes. All. There's worse, more adult jokes in all previous outings than in <laughs> yeah. this one. Maybe that's just the way the 70s and 80s were compared to... <laughs> That maybe they're more crit uh, critical now, but yeah, I feel like it. Even though it's PG, it's the same level of very same story. level. It, it's even Treasure Island and is more violent, and Christmas Carol is more scary. So those could arguably uh, right be PG. I, when I watch this one, I'm always like, is it the plunger? factory explosion that garnered the <laughs> PG? Because there's literally. There is uh -huh. nothing in that movie that's even like questionable. It is all. Oh, I love this movie, Jake. <laughs> I mean, granted, we said a bunch of curse words at the beginning of the episode. True, but maybe the wrong audience task. I, I adore this movie. Like, I genuinely adore this movie. Yeah. Uh, How like nervous were you for them to create a new Muppets movie with nervous. a new? knew everything, knew Disney, knew everything when it came out. Nervous. And for them to say, we're rebooting it. We're going to put one out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was nervous. I was very concerned that they were going to take something that is so meaningful to me and has been since as pretty much as far back as I can remember and like yeah. genuinely magical to me. I was so worried that they were going to fuck it up just so <laughs> yeah. bad. Um, yeah. You know what gave me kind of peace of mind about it, though, was when they announced that Jason Siegel was actually the one co-writing, kind of taking the helm of the story, yeah. and he was doing it from the viewpoint of kind of giving credit to the Muppets themselves, like kind of showing his love for these characters, because mm -hmm. that's what inspired him to... You know, that was a big piece of his his childhood, his life, why he wanted to become an entertainer. Like, the Muppets are massive to him. And 
Yeah. They even, well, not the Muppets, but the idea of the Muppets <laughs> are even like used in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which is one yeah. of our favorites. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm so glad that he made this, even though I would enjoy a Muppet Dracula musical. Still also. holding. Come on, Jason. Uh, <laughs> But the fact that he loves the Muppets, he every time I hear the Muppet show theme in this movie, I remember of Sarah Marshall where he's playing it sad, <laughs> drunken on the piano in Sarah Marshall is like, and so it makes me laugh that he actually like came full circle and did this. But I think it's I agree. Really, I think that his his love for it definitely makes it work because it is kind of a love letter to the Muppets yeah. and it has a lot of great references so to the original and. So many callbacks to the show mm-hmm. and to that first movie. I mean, it is mm-hmm. it is fan service done so well where he's not mm-hmm. redoing mm-hmm. certain things. He's blatantly just like quick cameos, or you hear the, you know, uh disembodied voices of Kermit introducing yeah. the show and the songs, and you get like the montage scene where they they do recreate the scene from the first Muppets movie where, you know, mm. they're driving away out of the car lot. Oh, guys, <laughs> wait for me. You know? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, but it, it works so perfect. I just, this Muppets movie to me, I've said it since you and I went and watched it mm-hmm. since then. It is genuinely one of the happiest movies <laughs> I have ever watched. Period. Mm. It, and it's this movie. I, I know I said it I'm pretty positive. It was our family episode. I genuinely cannot decide if I like the original <laughs> Muppets movie or this one more. They are mm-hmm. completely equal to me because they both just kind of invigorate that magical yeah. feeling to me. And they both mm-hmm. invoke the happiness and the hope and just the drive to like, okay, and the music in this movie? Are you <laughs> yeah. freaking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, the music is incredible. Uh, it, I think it won an Oscar for Best Original Song. And it was composed by Christopher Beck, Christoph Beck, who did all of the... Mm-hmm. It is, he's done a ton of movies, if you look at cinematography. Well, and you got uh, comedies, Brett which McKenzie is, is the one that like wrote the original songs. He's from yeah. Flight of the Concords. This was the one where I think a lot of people were like, oh... Fly the Concords guy, like mm-hmm. he can write. <laughs> yeah, as if everybody, every fan of the Concords already knew that. But yeah, very clever songs, very well worded and orchestrated yeah. songs. This movie, it's, oh, it's so great, and it, it's so you you feel the love that Jason Siegel has for mm-hmm. these characters and these stories. You can just instantly tell out of the mm-hmm. get go. And they did, uh, one of my favorite things that they do with this movie is Kermit is not the focal point of the film. The focal point is yeah. this brand new Muppet character named Walter, who is... Pretty pretty ballsy move to make a new Muppet and when you're trying to reboot He's basically a human version Muppet. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's more he's human brother. than Scooter is. <laughs> Yeah, he has a brother, Jason Siegel, who is full human. Right. But very it works ballsy so move. Well. And to make him your your central character that the whole story is going to revolve around, 
but then you just you see all the incorporation of all the how the Muppets are actually so integral to everyone and the world themselves. Dude, I fucking love this movie so much. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get it. I think that there was such a gap of any Muppet movies coming mm-hmm. out. There was like twelve years between the last movie and this movie coming out. And that people were excited about it and the box office, I think definitely reflects that this, that was, this movie is on the level with the first one, which was and the it, highest. It genuinely movie. is like it. I think what also worked for it was it didn't feel like it was ever trying to compete with or outdo yeah. the predecessor. It was literally a love letter to these characters and dude, <laughs> the yeah. ending I cannot watch this movie without just being like drowned in a flood of goosebumps when Kermit throws open the door and the world's like mm-hmm. stoked their back. Because I remember when you and I went and watched it the whole time, I'm thinking yeah. like, Kermit's back. Oh, the Muppets are back. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And you've, when you feel that, like you and I felt that, you feel alone. And also kind of in the context of the story, it works because the story is all about how the world has forgotten about the Muppets and the world and the Muppets have just kind of been cast aside and people are focused on more edgy entertainment now. And they don't really have a need for this wholesome, pleasant, right. The world has kind of lost substance. And I I love how they (laughs) show that with that TV show of punch teacher, where it's just kids punching (laughs) their teachers because they don't want to learn. (laughs) This is our highest grossing reality. (laughs) Right. I love that show. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm with you. It's, oh, oh, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you're good. But yeah, so they, because they focus on that fact that the world's kind of forgotten about the Muppets, they're, they're defunct and Muppet Studios is abandoned and moldy and all this stuff. And so they need to get the Muppets back together. And, and Chris Cooper is like an evil oil baron who's trying to take over their land to get to drill for oil underneath it. Um, and they need to, in order to keep Muppet Studios, they need to earn an ungodly amount of money, like $10 million <laughs> in like a night in, in order to days. save it. <laughs> <laughs> and and so they need to put on a show, obviously, as the Muppets always do. Just that whole process of like nobody showing up except for mm-hmm. Zach Galifianakis, Hobo Joe, and and nobody caring about the Muppets, you you root for them because you're like, I love the Muppets. I love the Muppets. And so if somebody else has to love the Muppets too. And so, yeah, when they do throw open the doors and everybody rushes in, you're like vindicated. Oh, thank you. hundred (laughs) percent. And finally the world understands everybody loves the Muppets, but nobody talks about it. And so you need that, I guess, everybody to come together and support them to feel like it's vindicated. Yeah. Um, before I get, because this one has like one of the most, to me, inspiring moments, and it comes from Kermit, but I'll, I'll get to that here in a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. First, one of my favorite, I, you know, I mentioned it, the music, the original songs in this movie, the two that I am just, like, they're on my playlist. Like, they, they genuinely play because I just love them, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, am I a man or a Muppet is yeah. like, holy hell. This is one of those songs, like I mentioned earlier, where even though it's about Muppets, yeah. when you listen to it, you're like, 
oh, this one hits. Like, mm-hmm. this one, <laughs> this feels a little real. This is, uh... <laughs> yeah. But the song that gets me every time, and it's one of those where it's just like, it's the most hopeful, it's the most inspiring, it's what I kind of feel like it's, it really, to me, is the next Rainbow Connection. And just in terms of the uplifting Mm -hmm. and uh, wholesomeness of the Muppets, is Life's a Happy Song. Yeah. Both versions, when it's just them singing it, and they're in small town USA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or at the end when they're singing it as a whole of like, like you said, that vindication of the fandom of the Muppets and just having them mm. back and having this little piece of substance that the world desperately needs. Uh, mm-hmm. It's so perfect. And I, you know, my daughter and I used to sing it together. We would do like duets with it in the car. She doesn't <laughs> like to sing it with me anymore. And that makes me sad. <laughs> But, Too cool. but she's 13 and you can't expect yeah. a teenager to do that. Um, it happens. But I will tell you what, when that song comes on, I yeah. will belt that song out as loud as I can <laughs> and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. All, all of the songs are incredible. Well performed, well written. It's amazing. It's so well made. I... There's not one part of this movie, and this is why it's like equal for me on that original mm-hmm. Muppet movie, where it's just there's not a single complaint I have of the film. Yeah, I am so happy. I'm in such a great mood the entire movie. If anything, I should probably be upset with myself that I don't watch it more, especially yeah. on like those bad days, because this <laughs> is the cure for a bad day. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> No, I'm right there with you. I should do that too. Like, and I love, I love the layers of it. That it's it's fun and happy and uplifting, but it also deals with people who don't really know what they're doing, what their place yeah. is in the world. And I think that's why it helps them so much. But where Jason Segel has, he's dating Amy Adams' character, and they are. He also wants to buy, hang out with his brother and mm-hmm. help him through his thing. And so there's a conflict there. And then yeah, Walter, who's has his brother who's a human, but he's always loved the Muppets. He is a felt person, whatever the, <laughs> whatever the politically correct term is for that. Um, he's a felt man. And so he feels like a Muppet and he wants to join the Muppets as their troop. And he's just, he gets the opportunity, but he chokes and it's just, it's like coming really of age, right? It's finding your tribe. It's finding yeah. without, it does such a cool thing of like, you can find, like your 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 people, your tribe or whatever, but you can mm-hmm. do it without abandoning your family. Like you can have right. all of this. It's not pick one or the other. Right. You get to have all of it. It right. is possible. And I think a lot of stories or a lot of coming of age stories kind of trip up on that where there's always that mm-hmm. kind of ultimatum of like, well, I either go back there or I do this. And yeah. I think or you be... find a family with your friends because your real family sucks. Or right. Whatever. And this is like, no, you get to have all of that. Mm-hmm. You get to, your life can come to fruition and fulfillment and you still have everything that got you there. I, oh, this mm-hmm. is like, I, oh, it's so good, Jake. It's so good. And <laughs> I will say, buddy. Yeah. Going on our, our little bro date to it. 
always gives this movie <laughs> just a little bit of extra like yeah um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, i have very positive memories about it that makes it so fun it, it is um, um, i will say possibly the best cameo of the whole series though is Dave Grohl as the Muppets version of Animal. Yes. He's just so perfect. Well, it's perfect because Grohl, along with a, a lot of drummers, have all stated like their style in drumming mm-hmm. was modeled after Animal in the Muppets. <laughs> so for yeah, him to legend. be Animal in the Muppets mm-hmm. is hilarious. I love the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> and now I am back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you see Piggy come back and fight the Muppets version, the Muppets pig, whatever her name is, his name is that thing. His name is, uh, yeah, that was the one time I'm like, yes, Piggy, let's go, Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> Who you calling, sister, sister? <laughs> now, one of my favorite like roles for a an actor being in a Muppet movie is Chris uh-huh. Cooper as the oil yeah. Baron to this day. I still will randomly tell people like if I'm laughing at stuff, I'll start instead of laughing, I'll just do the no, maniacal laugh. Maniacal <laughs> laugh. Yeah. Yeah. He's flawless as the villain of the movie. To me, it might be my favorite acting moment from Chris Cooper. And I'm a fan of his. Like he is yeah. an intense actor. He is oh. incredible to watch. Amazing when he plays the dad in the notebook, he is just Ryan Gosling's really? dad. He is the perfect really? dad. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Bringing it back to the notebook. <laughs> but I think his highest acting achievement we will never see it again. Mm-hmm. Chris Cooper rapping. <laughs> yeah. It comes out of nowhere. And it's and a it damn works. good rap. <laughs> it works, absolutely. <laughs> it's meta, it's funny, it's short lived like they keep it reasonably length. It's not like a full length song. Yeah. But it works very well. It's very funny. It's so good. I I love that scene. When it comes on, I'm totally like amped up for it. Like, all right, here we go. Here he goes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you think we're working for the bad guy? Hmm. <laughs> I love, I forget his name, but I love that bear. He's just always funny to me. <laughs> when they're fencing and he hits the bear, you just mm-hmm. hear that owl. Oh, good job, <laughs> sir. <laughs> oh, he's great. So I, I alluded to it because I, I know we've got one more and then a handful of other stuff to to mention i i've always felt kind of the like the big surge of warmth hopefulness or feel good moment from it mm-hmm. but it's definitely like it, it hit more this time actually well, i should probably say the past few times cuz i've watched the muppets more than just for our show I, I love <laughs> as you should as you should <laughs> Kermit, his final like speech of the movie. Mm-hmm. What an incredible piece of advice for like mm-hmm. everybody of oh, so you failed, so it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. You tried. 
you did what yeah. you set out to do. You tried. So we'll start over. Like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get the ball rolling again. We'll figure it out. We'll try again. Another chance. Mm-hmm. But the part of it that gets to me every time is like, so we're gonna walk out the doors with our heads held high. Like every time I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> like what a cool yeah. way to like tell not just the Muppets, but right. your audience of like, you should be proud of what you've done. And now you right. need to try again and make it better, or, you know, yeah. keep improving it. Right. You did everything you could. There's no shame in that whatsoever. Yeah, there's no shame. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, Kermit. <laughs> oh, Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I aspire to be someone that doesn't let Kermit the Frog down. Seriously. As a 35-year-old, I have no shame to say that. I feel like, <laughs> especially like as an adult, as a 35-year-old yeah. who has loved these characters and has kind of held Kermit especially in such a high regard. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely kind of feel that like, oh, I can't let Kermit down. I would feel so bad <laughs> if I let Kermit down. Like right. you would feel like Fozzie in the non-theatrical Christmas movie with like Whoopi yeah. Goldberg where you're just like, I can't believe of all people I I let Kermit the Frog down. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had one job <laughs> yeah oh, i love this movie jake i genuinely like oh it's amazing it, it's absolutely incredible there's so much magic there's so much heart and love and hopefulness and inspiration mm-hmm. it's everything the muppets is and always really has been yeah yeah i know i completely agree so how do you feel about Muppets Most Wanted, the sequel from 2014? It's my least favorite out of the whole franchise. Interesting. And why is that? There is no magic in this one. <laughs> it has yeah, some it's... very funny, silly moments. But the yeah. fact that Jason Siegel had nothing to do with it, you go from this yeah. incredible love letter to right. a basic sequel that's... It, feels like it's trying to reboot the great caper yes and then it suffered for me then it suffers the same thing that the great caper did but even worse because now it feels even more forced right and it, yeah. it's, it's it's trying to maybe play it too safe by doing something you've done before also it's being done by people that I don't feel like have the same connection yeah. as like Jason Siegel or the original Frank Oz and Jim Henson's, their connection to it makes it magical. This feels fun and the characters are, are funny, but it just doesn't have the same magic to it of, yeah, of I don't connecting it. I don't hate it. It's still entertaining. I still laugh mm-hmm. at it, but it, it, to go from yeah. again something that like I personally <laughs> hold such high, you know, right. and then go to this, it's very like, oh, you just took the wind completely <laughs> out of my sail, and now I'm just kinda... yeah. The Muppets is more than a movie. It's yeah. like it has meaning and ideals that's that flow into your everyday life. The Muppets Most Wanted is a fun movie. And that's all it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, <laughs> which isn't, it isn't bad, but it's just a, but it, they like, the, it time. completely kind of misses the point of the Muppets, at least to me, 
of Mm -hmm. being just like being able to poke fun at themselves, poke fun at the world that meta and then also just that like from the very basic of the Muppets of just following your dreams like achieving these dreams Mm -hmm. being like just well the rainbow connection man like it all comes down (laughs) to that song and this one just totally like okay so there's a weird evil Kermit that has a mole (laughs) With the most ridiculous accent that is just explained away very easily. Yeah. Nobody questions why Kermit would have this terrible Eastern European Russian accent. <laughs> right. Uh, it's just like, it, it's funny. It definitely has some very funny moments. It's got some great mm-hmm. cameos in it. I still think Tina Fey. There's a ton of cameos. There's a shitload in it. of cameos. Yeah. Ray Liotta even re, like shows back up yeah. at one point. Second so, time. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it's still very entertaining, but it just, it was like, I don't know. <laughs> the part I enjoy the most is the Muppet Show stuff, yeah. where they they travel all around to different countries, and they are putting on this the Muppet Show, and so every time they do the opening, it's like a little different. When they're in Spain, it's like all in Spain stuff. Yeah. Then they have special guests, Salma Hayek and all this stuff. And so when they have Christoph Waltz doing the waltz with Sweetums, that's pretty funny. Um, so all of the Muppet Show stuff I like more than the actual <laughs> Rest heist the movie. secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the actual story of the movie. Um I like less so. Yeah. It's it's definitely it's fun. I won't not watch it or anything like that, but it's it's just not to the level of what it could be what the with characters yeah. could achieve. I also think um I think it was a very good tell of the Disney mentality. Mm-hmm. They had the success of the Muppets with Jason Siegel where like life was brought back into the fandom of the Muppets on mass, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was right. never lost for individuals, but suddenly it was like all over yeah, in culture and Disney thought let's capitalize on this. So we'll make a sequel. We're going to reboot the show, but we're going to change mm-hmm. the whole structure of the show to be like a sitcom. <laughs> I never yeah. watched it. And I heard they tried That's- to, the only Muppets thing I'd, I'm pretty sure I've seen every Muppet thing, yeah, special TV movie show, except for that Muppet, the Muppet streaming thing, yeah. I haven't gotten around to watching I, it. I never saw it. I had heard that it was funny, but I heard that they tried to like adultify it, if that's a word, mm, where sure. they became like the jokes became more adult, it became mm. more mature and stuff. And I kind of feel like that's a mistake. I haven't watched it, so I maybe yeah. I'm wrong. But then it got canceled after like a season, so I don't think I'm wrong that Disney totally yeah. fucked up. Um, but I think that's what happened with this, and then them trying to reboot and completely change the structure and whole foundation of these characters. Mm-hmm. I think Disney just got a little too like ambitious. What they should have done, one... Why would you not try to bring Jason Siegel and Amy Adams back? Like, right. Why? <laughs> right. And it feels kind of awkward if you watch them back to back because it starts right immediately. After the first it one. feels like very at the end of that, the end of that dance number uh, segment, the Walter's there. Everybody's there. They're in the street. 
Jason Siegel and Amy Adams are not there. Right. They just like vanish. And they never show up. They still, Disney tried to like, let's have a flawless transition. It's not because the actual ending of the Muppets is the proposal. They are not standing yeah. up and watching the fireworks. Um, <laughs> yes, I got nitpicky, but are you kidding? Like, let's be real. The proposal leads into such a great, like, the Muppet callback of Menomina. Yeah. And Most Wanted completely, like, kind of takes that away. I know it was yeah. done for the credits, but it, it to me it was like, oh, you interrupted such an incredible, <laughs> awesome callback that yeah. we don't get in any of the previous movies. You only get that from the show. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, Most Wanted was... I, I don't hate it. Like it, It's entertaining. I still laugh quite a bit at it. I still get some, you know, Pepe's there. And yeah. He's always funny. Love Pepe. Yeah. King Prawn. I love I love Sam Eagle, and I feel like he gets more of a spotlight yeah. with Ty Burrell as the CIA guy. Um, and that's fun. I do think it's awkward to remove Kermit from the group. It feels more like... Muppets take Manhattan where now they're separated but like, and they don't worse, know what to because do because you took Kermit away like you put yeah. Kermit into a what is it it's not a Russian jail yeah it's a Russian yeah. like prison gulag yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and Ray Liotta's there and that pig from the Muppets is there mm-hmm. which I don't know if it's the same character and how she ended up there is maybe an interesting story but yeah there's there's a bunch of uh I think Jermaine Clements is there too. Yeah, There's Jermaine a bunch Clement of people there. Um, but yeah, it's that is, I guess, the opposite of Muppets Take Manhattan, where Kermit stays and everybody leaves. Now this is Kermit leaves and everybody stays. See, and it feels worse taking Kermit away, yeah, than having the rest disperse and then come back. This, like, it felt more. Ooh, this is bad. Why would you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I guess it's like the end of Muppets Take Manhattan, where Kermit is hit by the cab mm-hmm. and loses memory and becomes like an advertising agent or whatever, and uh, then nobody knows what to do with the show that's due in two days. <laughs> that's what it's like for a whole movie, <laughs> right? But it worked in Manhattan because they all keep going to the. You keep the defending diner. Manhattan. I'm going to. Okay, <laughs> Manhattan is a joy on a different level. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's not bad. And it's better than Muppets most wanted. Yeah. Yeah, this one was just like I remember not being a a huge fan of it and feeling bad yeah. that I wasn't a big fan of it. Right. I remember being hyped because I loved the, the Muppets. Yeah. And I was like, yes, okay, they're on the right track. They know what they're doing. I trust them. And then they gave me this. I was like, it's just an okay movie though. <laughs> So I had hoped when I rewatched it for this, I was like, okay, fresh eyes. It's been a few years, like mm-hmm. giving it a whole new, like we're, I'm probably going to enjoy it this time. And I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I laughed a few extra times now than I did that first time. Yeah. But I still Stinks felt less. just kind of like, oh, you guys <laughs> didn't know what you had. You were just, this was a paycheck for a lot of you, wasn't it? Like, Yeah. <laughs> This, yeah, it was it like was, a, a bragging rights movie for some of them. Like, oh, I got to work <laughs> on a Muppets project. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, a little disappointing overall. 
So way to end the episode on a downer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we talk about the other things you were talking about. Unless we mention um, the Muppets have way more content than just the eight theatrical movies that like you and I talked about. Uh, one of my favorites, I alluded to it, was, uh, well, I mentioned, is they have, uh, it's another Christmas special of theirs. It's it's like, I think it's just called A, a Very Christmas. Merry Muppet Christmas or something like that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's Whoopi Goldberg is in it. It's basically, okay. it's a wonderful life, but told with the Muppets. Yeah, David Arquette plays the angel that, is Kermit's angel or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's an odd movie. They make some weird decisions in it, like Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> as God. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it's a great uh, Christmas little feature to watch during the holiday seasons. I try to watch it every Christmas. Uh, it's cute. It's fun. It has good music mm -hmm. in it. You get a lot of Pepe the King Prawn in it, and that's always <laughs> perfect. Yeah, I just watched it the first time this last Christmas because I didn't even know about it. And I was like, what in the heck is this? So I watched it. I, it's fun for sure. I always watch the A Muppet Family Christmas, oh, yep. which is the uh, other TV special. And I love that one because it's just the Muppets who kind of get stranded in a house together and they're trying to make Christmas happen. And then Sesame Street shows up, <laughs> yeah. and then all of the Fraggle Rock people show up. I was a massive Fraggle Rock fan as a kid. And so just seeing them all come together under one roof to celebrate Christmas, it's the best. So Muppet Family Christmas yeah. is one of my go-tos. Yeah. Um, and then for me, honestly, like if you happen to have Disney Plus or if you're like Jake, um, <laughs> oh, you didn't even see I gave a I gave a a wink. To <laughs> um, I appreciate it. Yeah. I highly recommend. I did this. I actually got like caught up in watching more of this than focusing on other stuff I was supposed to be doing. And I was like, oh mm -hmm. shit, I have like responsibilities to go take care of. <laughs> like, I need to do laundry. So I have clothes for work. And, but yeah, normal life stuff. Yeah. Um, but if you're able to, I highly encourage going back to the original Muppet show and just mm -hmm. letting it play. The humor is so, like, the comedy is so pure. And it's just, yeah. it's such a joy. It's so perfectly made. Like, the <laughs> whole time I'm watching, I'm just in awe of how come comedy, like, comedic shows. Yeah. Why aren't they like this? This is mm -hmm. so... It's so perfect. It's timeless. Yeah. It's exactly what it needed to be, and it, it's, it holds. It yeah. holds true. Yeah, and it's so fun to see the cameos or the guest hosts that come up and and even the ones that you don't know, like there are ones that you know oh, that are still popular today, like Steve Martin or whatever, but the ones that were popular then that didn't carry on, they're still so fun to watch. I, I think I've said this before, how like with some older stuff, I'll, I don't give it all the credit or like all the stamp of approval, but it, it helps. Mm -hmm. um, 
But if my daughter can like sit down and watch something that's like old or classic mm-hmm. and enjoy it, I usually take that as a little added stamp of approval that, oh yeah, this is <laughs> like, this is good. And uh, Sunday morning, this last Sunday morning, I was watching The Muppet Show. I think I texted you when I was watching. Yeah. And she came out of her room in the afternoon. She sat down next to me and I was like, oh, she's going to be like, oh, I don't want to watch this. If we're going to watch The Muppets, put on The Muppets, like the movie. Yeah. She sat down and just glued to it. Like, oh, we're watching The Muppets. <laughs> and she was laughing at it. She was enjoying it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> good but it, awesome. it was a joy i just it's so like it, comedy especially and i actually kind of think this you and i have talked about this a lot i think mm-hmm. comedy during that time period is so different from comedy now where like the timing is smarter the jokes mm-hmm. are like they might be drier or cornier yeah. but they're better they're yeah. just delivered better there's something great about comedy back then compared to a lot of comedy now yeah yeah i wonder how much of that is them trying to make everything broader and so if you try to make it appeal to the most peaceful people possible you flatten it out and make it thinner and it just doesn't have the the special quality that it could have if you made it smarter. Some people wouldn't get it. Maybe they would get it, but it wouldn't be for them. Like it's just not their flavor or taste or whatever. Um, And that's okay. But the thing that it, for the people that it is for them and they do get it on their personal level, it's more rich and meaningful to them than something that's just, just okay for everybody. Right. And I mean, it's ridiculous humor. It's so ridiculous, but it's like, I think you need a little ridiculousness. Oh, for I think sure. we all do. And the Muppets are yeah. just the perfect dosage of it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I've been meaning to go back and revisit Muppet Babies because I remember it being pretty fun when I was a kid and it was on TV. I was very young when I watched Muppet Babies. I think I was mostly amused and I still was watching um, Muppets Take Manhattan where just seeing the youth, the child version of the puppet, like just (laughs) them making a new puppet that looks younger was amusing to me. Well, because when they did Muppet Babies, it wasn't the puppets. It was like animated. Well, there is an animated one, but I think there's also a normal puppet one. I think I, the animated no, one yeah, I think you later. are right. Yeah. I think I only ever yeah. watched the animated one. Yeah. And never cared it. for it, but maybe that may have had something to do with it. Yeah. I think the real puppet one is is better, at least from what I remember. Um, but it's fun because they're all like in little baby situations <laughs> and and Gonzo's doing baby things, trying to like <laughs> dive out of the crib and all this stuff. So it, it I remember it being funny. I want to revisit it and see if it still holds up. Revisit <laughs> the Muppets. Like Yeah. We need the Muppets. We just do. We just do. <laughs> yeah, I think they're one of those things that kind of keep culture on the right track. If that, if that makes sense. <laughs> right. Like they're kind of a social conscious that we need to keep 
telling us what we should be doing or the direction they are for a time that we live in where there's so much emphasis on making sure you say think perceive everything like certain ways or just the right way everyone wants to go Mm -hmm. overboard with pc Um, i think the muppets are the perfect kind of thing to help ground that mentality where they they tell you like you can be pc or whatever try to say the right words but like if you mess up like yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) like you're gonna be okay i think they're great with that because there is a lot of i think you could take a lot of social uh commentary from the muppets in general yeah oh easily they're very different looking and behaving (laughs) right like but also treated as a normal member of society most of the time. Right. They're they're accepted pretty much unanimously and without question. So yeah. there you could you could pull some social commentary from it. Um, mm. but theirs doesn't feel like it's force fed. It doesn't feel like it would berate you over the head with it or beat you down or mm. guilt trip you into stuff or make you feel like, you know, an outcast if you have a different opinion because they're so based in a mentality of like okay so (laughs) like i saw a funny thing the other day that said um sesame street is going to be adding black puppets to the cast okay and and then somebody commented and said does that mean that the red and green and blue and yellow puppets are all white (laughs) that doesn't make any sense Oh, I was like they're that... all already different colors. Like, I don't know what you want. <laughs> like the idea is to take away the I, you know, that yeah, perception. That it doesn't really matter. We're all <laughs> like people. you said, Sesame Street, current Sesame Street might be adding black puppets. I'm not kidding. My brain immediately was like, wait a minute, was that already like? Because they had <laughs> a lot of colored characters, yeah. like different colors, you know purple mm-hmm. green blue yeah it's like was that one of the colors like i thought they already did that when yeah, they didn't might... feel pressure to do it when it was just like a normal thing who yeah like... and if they didn't it's weird that they didn't have black or at least dark brown puppets like maybe they should have i'm I don't pretty know. sure they did i could be wrong i don't know maybe. but i you know that was kind of originally the point was right maybe we combat prejudice or racism Mm -hmm. by simply just not even allowing it to be an existing thing and yeah and all living on this street together (laughs) as friends in harmony oh look all of the kids just automatically don't even question (laughs) it they don't (laughs) like there's no (laughs) worrying about any form of prejudice against a, a anything. Yeah. It's almost like us grown-ups keep fucking that up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 You just need to get out of the way at some point. <laughs> Sorry, folks. We didn't mean to turn this into that. But uh, <laughs> I genuinely, and I, I'm pretty positive I say this a lot, and I will always say this because I feel this 
media mm-hmm. or medium of art is important to us, but the Muppets are mm-hmm. God damn. All I kept thinking after I watched all of them, even most wanted, mm-hmm. I still found myself thinking like, shit, we need more of these guys. Like there needs yeah. to be Muppets freaking everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like we need Kermit's face. We need Gonzo's mm. face. I need like I need pictures of Gonzo in his cape holding balloons yeah. and the chicken. I need Fozzie telling his jokes, holding, you know, his rubber chicken or walking on those yeah. park shoes. I, I, I need Waka Waka. Waka on those park <laughs> shoes, yeah. You know, we need Sam the Eagle <laughs> kind of being <laughs> that like uh <laughs> that grouch, but not really a grouch. This makes me proud to be an American. Yeah, like we need these characters mm-hmm. so much more than I think our generation, even and younger generations especially, understand. Mm-hmm. But we need them so desperately. <laughs> we need them as long as they are maintained and their spirit is maintained. We need them as long as Disney doesn't try to corrupt them for uh their own personal yeah. gain we we need the muppets from that original muppet movie from the original show yeah. from these classic films and from the muppets right. we need jason siegel to go and slap a bunch of people <laughs> and be like you missed the point guys <laughs> yeah yeah the muppets have such an incredible foundation and center and their principles and their moral compass and everything about them is so genuine that you should not mess with it. Don't try to make it better. Don't try to do anything. Just take it and run with it and keep it the way it was. Yeah. And there's such a purity. There's such a, a beauty to all of them. Um, yeah. That I just, I think it's important and I think it could actually help. Like, I think more filmmakers could maybe use revisiting the Muppets. Mm-hmm. People like production designers, you need a little extra inspiration on, you know, how are we going to get something to work? <laughs> think back to how they made that the Muppets work with when yeah. they put them in the real world all of a sudden. When they, you know, there's so much to it that I think can be taken on so many levels yeah the ingenuity and just the thinking outside of the box outside the studio is incredible and yeah i I love those kinds of things i think more people should uh review that and and you know attempt that you and i have said this we're, we're big advocates for this and i think uh i think the muppets is a perfect example of it of letting your story letting your characters be what and who they need to be and your audience mm-hmm. will be just fine. Yeah. I think especially that first original Muppets movie is such a great example of that because it's so outside the pogs. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it makes no sense how it like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. But it's, but it all comes together. But it's perfect. It works. You know, uh, you said Jim Henson refused to let them make a normal-sized animal. You know, that was a tidbit. We can make a miniature yeah. town, normal-sized town. No, we have to do the 60-foot animal head <laughs> roaring over the building. It just yeah. has to be done. And it did just have to be done. <laughs> it yeah. really did. Like, 
Yeah, and it's the best. Let the story be what it needs to be, and your audience is going to be just fine. The characters are yeah. fine. <laughs> I think that's a great message. I fucking love the Muppets, man. Like, this was... <laughs> it, it was... So joyful. So joyful. Like, I felt good watching these. Mm-hmm. We've had a bunch of these episodes where afterwards I'm like, God damn, I just feel like I'm in a good place. <laughs> like, this feels healthy. This yeah. was one of those. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, man. So next episode won't be that. I mean, next episode's still going to be fun. <laughs> it is going to be fun. It's always fun doing this with you. Uh, but I'm pretty sure next episode we're revisiting movies we didn't like originally. Is that that's yes. next episode, right? Okay. Is that Thank the you. next one? No, no. That's what no. I have. Oh, okay. I have mine swapped. Okay. Yes, you're right, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what we're doing next. I have this creed as the plan. Uh, And then, uh, yeah. So movies we didn't like originally, we're going to rewatch, see if we still like it or not. Hopefully it'll be more like Muppets from Space and we do like it. Uh, But maybe not. Maybe it still sucks. Yeah, this was one... um... I mean, we'll talk a little more about it when the episode, but I am looking forward to it because I am curious, um, especially post uh, offensive movies episode that we did because that totally like <laughs> flipped my freaking yeah. brain. Um, yeah, now you. How are give you? A lot more grace than you originally did. I, I'm wondering if I am going to give a lot more grace than I originally did. I'm yeah. very curious. And I know you're very excited for one particular movie I already agreed <laughs> to watch. Don't yep, worry. I sure am. I'm looking at the title right there. It's the top <laughs> of my list to make sure I get it watched. Okay. So we're doing 10 movies again, right? I believe so, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Our top 10 movies we hated that we'll revisit and see if we still hate them. I don't think we can call it our top 10 movies we hated because. We're not revisiting the whole bottom 10. That's true. It's not our bottom 10 list. It's movies that we didn't care for that... How are you choosing yours? I'm choosing mine based on the fact that I know I didn't care for it, but I've heard a lot of people say that it's good, so I think I might be wrong. So I want to revisit it. That's how I'm, I'm revisiting most of mine. Okay. One of them on mine I'm revisiting because it is unanimously hated by a lot of people. (laughs) And I haven't watched it since it came out, really. And I'm just curious to see, like, Mm. do I still hate it? Because I'm, like, just part of the the overall mm. audience? Or am I going to be able to find some enjoyment in it because it's not that good? Like, Maybe people are being too harsh on it, and you're like, it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that, uh, for sure. I think it's still going to be a fun episode. And if mm. anything, it'll just be... <laughs> it'll be funny regardless. <laughs> yeah. Because you get to watch Open Water, which is always good. Uh, I'm not watching Open Water. I told you that. I'm not watching Open Water. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> I tried to trick you into it. <laughs> I only put 
one movie from my bottom 10 on this list. Okay. And it's not going to be one I think you're going to like figure I would have picked. I have to go back and look at my bottom 10 list to see what my crossovers are. But I know I have several on here that some of them are ones that I've said publicly I think are bad. I have some of them on here. I don't think I've ever talked to you before, and you'll be surprised that I didn't like it. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, there'll be a lot of surprises. Okay. I've got a few that I think you're going to be like, really? Oh, I forgot about that movie. I think I'm going to get that reaction out of you with at least a few of them. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else for this? Uh, No, man. Um, Go rewatch Muppets, people, because you need them in your Mm -hmm. life. I promise you, you do. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And if you feel like the old ones are too old, you're silly and you're fooling yourself. They're the best to watch them. Right. Like you're just Especially you're just lying to yourself. Show. They're classic. They're timeless. Do yourself a yeah. favor. Go watch them. We yeah. appreciate you and guys you for it, watching and listening. I feel like you owe it to the creator, Jim Henson and yes. Frank Oz, that they birthed it and made it a wonderful thing. Uh, so they knew what they were doing. They did. They really did, folks. Um, go buy your swag. We got cool shit. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Is that it? That's it. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye, guys.